All right. <clears throat> Good evening, listeners, and uh, welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends usually watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Uh, but tonight, yet again, we are doing something a little different uh, because there is a new Tom Cruise joint uh, in theaters now uh, called, was it Mission Impossible <laughs> Dead Reckoning Part One? Um, <laughs> Uh, I should have written that on my hand or something to make sure I can remember. You have but, to say uh, yeah. you have to say that title in like three breaths, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's Mission yeah, Impossible. It's mission, no, it's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. But yeah. you gotta you have to you have to give I think you have to give a half beat between Mission Impossible and Dead Reckoning, but you gotta give a full beat between Dead Reckoning and Part One. So that's what I think. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Part one. Yes. That is the proper okay. way to say the title. I say. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. What was um, that thing? That picture you sent us of the marquee that was like, <laughs> do you remember it was like MIP? Oh, the one that Andrew sent? <laughs> what was it? Yeah. It you was sent like it was like mix, the theater. Mr. Mixel, Mixel Pig or something like. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking? Oh. You, you sent us the picture. <laughs> it was like completely unintelligible. That's, oh, that's like my pick of, pick of the year. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was at a movie theater and I got it right in front of me. And they, you know, they put in the little digital or the little like LED like sign above the door tell you what movie it was. And it was it was IMAX, which is IX colon. <laughs> M I seven P one E A and I don't know what oh okay so I, I figured it out so IMAX is I X and then it's Mission Impossible seven part one early access I cracked it ah okay that's quite a lot of quite yeah yeah quite a lot quite a lot and yet uh, the the usher probably still had people coming up to them saying. Where's the line for the IMAX Mission Impossible <laughs> 7 Dead Reckoning? Oh, part let me tell one. you, buddy. You would have no problem finding the line to that movie. Yeah. Oh my god. So gosh. yeah, let's let's uh talk about our experiences uh going yeah. to see the film. You guys have both seen it twice now, right? No, I, I couldn't get it in. I've only okay. seen it the once. But that's oh, okay. Wow, this is absolutely I know. Pathetic. I'm definitely going to Denise hasn't seen it yet, so we're 100%. We tried so hard to see it yesterday or today and we just like could not make it work with all of the shit going on. Yeah. Un- understandably. Yeah. Lee couldn't stand um, to like book an IMAX ticket. I don't fucking blame it, man. That's <laughs> Yeah, sucks. that was where he was at. Yeah. Fuck. I think your license plate should be MI7P1EA. <laughs> no, well, it's got to be you got to put that I where are you going to put the IX? You got to get How that are you in there. Fit, fit, we can, yeah, I don't know. I got to get I got to move to Europe and get one of those plates. <laughs> yeah. Um um but yes, Andrew, tell us about your uh theatrical experience. Yeah, so I like 2 weeks beforehand, I was so I tend to like check Fandango like if there's a big movie <laughs> coming out, I will like check a few weeks in advance and then just kind of like, you know, open the app every now and then because they do these like early access IMAX events that they don't really advertise. And mm-hmm. it's just like a way to see the movie like three days early or whatever, which of course I want to do. Oh, um, interesting. So, yeah. So always check for that. Um, it's just like, it's just like kind of how, you know, it used to be a midnight screening on Thursday and then that turned into the movie starting at 7 p.m. or 5 p.m. on Thursday. And it's like right. they don't advertise that either. They just say it opens the, on the Friday. So it's like and people, for whatever reason, still aren't aware of it. So I can I can go see 
you know, Spider-Man 25 uh, the day before everyone else is seeing it with like a theater with like five or six people in it. If I, if I so choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's nice. Like I that's how I saw Maverick and that's how I saw Mission Impossible. Only the difference between Mission Impossible and all the other movies that I usually see at these like unadvertised events is that it was fucking packed and it was awesome. It was so much fucking fun. Um, I was like, so I hate going to a Regal or an AMC or a, a, a Cinemark because I have to sit through 25 minutes conservatively of fucking ads, not even trailers that I've already seen 20 times, but just like ads. Yeah. And then the nonsensical like movie lead in where it's like some, like a bunch of jackasses showing up to the movie theater and buying concessions. They're just like advertising Coca-Cola for the 30th time to me. Um, the one it's now like, is so bad. The regal doing one? doing the, like, mov- movie quotes. Yes, because it's, it doesn't make sense. They, I know. It makes didn't no take, sense. So they don't take the... They, I fucking hit Kit. Oh, boy. You really triggered me. That is a thing. <laughs> I actually love the Nicole Kidman AMC one because it's so bad it's funny. It's way and, better. Yeah. And, they, and, like, people have memed it and put, like, you know... Uh, Jeff Daniels uh, shitting his brains out and and <laughs> dumb and dumber on the screen while she's like smiling and eating her one piece of popcorn and it's fucking awesome. Uh, this is like a bunch of movie quotes and people sort of dressed up like the characters that they're kind of imitating and but they just like give up halfway through because they don't know how to make it all fit together so there's no real story so it's just people saying lines and doing weird actions that don't that it's all gobbledygook but the the icing on the cake is that the camera pulls back at the end to reveal to show like the whole theater with all the people sitting in the seats and it's maybe half full it's just like like clearly they shot it during covid but they didn't even like you know find a way to composite people in there so it just looks like a fucking empty movie theater (laughs) Which is funny. Um, I anyway. feel like also like 70% of the quotes are Bill Murray. Like that's not true, but it feels like they are. Like just Bill Murray movie quotes. Yeah, the only ones I, the only ones I can remember are Bill Murray and the Godfather, Godfather. ones. Godfather, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's like I could almost, I could almost recite the whole thing like from memory right now but if i had to do that i would then have to put a gun in my mouth because it's just it's just so <laughs> fucking grating it's so bad um yeah. we don't anyway. have any regal here that's so, so i'm so that. happy for you and honestly yeah, we and, have... and regal is better than amc i will say they are better than amc yeah well so this is amc's world headquarters so we have I a know. lot of amc's here i know and yeah. i'm so sorry um, for that what's One your amc Mark. commercial it's nicole kidman yeah. It's oh, okay. The, yeah, yeah. It's still the, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. Good. The problem with and AMC then... is that they hate movies and they don't butter their popcorn, so you have to do it, and you could only get it on the top layer, and it's just garbage. Makes me mad. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we got a popcorn and a soda for seventeen dollars. Yeah, isn't that so rad? Yeah. Don't you just love it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, I got I got these tickets for this movie, and they were expensive. They were like twenty five dollars a piece. But it was Mission Impossible, so I didn't care. I bought them for Damn. my wife and I. And I told her, I was like, we're going to see this on July 10th. Get ready. And then the day before, she's like, well, I've got tickets to go see Tu Wong Fu. So I guess you'll just go by yourself. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just had a $25 empty seat next to me. 
Did um, you real quick? Did you like shake your fist and say thanks for nothing, Julie Newmar? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You should tell you uh, should tell Denise that later. That's I will. One. That is a good one. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I I tend to show up to any sort of like major ch- a chain theater movie either exactly on time. Like, I'll leave my house when the movie's starting. Yeah. Because I just yeah. know by the time I get seated, it's it's yeah. like the, the movie will be, like, five minutes from starting still. So I thought, no different. And I get there. The place is packed. Their line is out the door. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Am I even going to be able to get a seat? and I Or get into the theater, like, before the movie starts? Because I was going to, I want you know, I want to get my snacks and everything. So I stand in line, and I ended up just, like, Tapping, tapping my feet, you know, doing that thing where I'm craning my neck so that the poor concessions person can see the jackass, you know, who's anxious about getting to his seat and be like, oh, I better hurry up. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I ended up just going and sitting in my seat and everybody just was like ready for it. It just felt so good to be. It's just it. It doesn't happen a lot, lately, especially lately with like the box office just being like a fucking nightmare. Um, yeah. It's just like. Unless I'm going to, you know, like the Hollywood or whatever to see like some special thing that people will drive 45 minutes to see. It's just it's just not happening. But this was it was just nice. It was nice to be in a big theater for a big blockbuster um, that is, you know. Earning its praise and uh, yeah, to just be enjoying something with a bunch of strangers. Uh, Yeah, it's great. Nice. Great screening. And then Kit. You saw yours, uh, you saw it, what, Wednesday? It was Tuesday, I think. Was it Tuesday? Okay, so Tuesday Andrew saw it Wednesday. Monday, you saw it Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he saw it before, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I think, I mean, I could be wrong, who fucking knows. Um, our, um, so, okay, so we're driving to the theater. It was also a Regal. It was not an IMAX. My friends put it together. So people, like, when I got there, apologized to me for it not being IMAX. And so I felt very cool. Um, That's sick. And we get there, and um, Lee knows that I like to sit on the edge of an of because I That's get anxious in movie theaters. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like to like know that I'm going to be able to like get out and go pee or you know run from gunfire or whatever I have to do. And um, however, we'd never been at this theater before. It was one with like oh, and it wasn't it was a Regal, but it was like down t- closer to downtown. Anyway, I don't even remember. I'm like it's like the lost evening, but um, we. It's like the big reclining chairs, which is like I'd never really had before. It was it was nice. It was very comfy. But like the screen was curved and like we're on the end of the of the row. And I'm just like, this is like watching this from the side of the screen. Like I just like this. It sucked ass. Oh, no. However, the seats were so big that like Lee offered to trade with me. And it was like sick, like way better just one seat over so it's like still bad and it was definitely a situation where like if we'd known we should have gotten seats closer to the middle um we i was smart like also all my friends were sitting in the middle so like we weren't near any of them which is like fine because like i'm gonna pay attention to the movie anyway but like you know it was like 
anyway, stupid. Um, I, I, I am like Andrew, I was like, um, this is going to be like 45 minutes before it starts mm -hmm. <laughs> with everything that's happening. Um, and we never get snacks or anything. Uh, so we were like right on time. Like we sat down, the Regal, stupid Regal commercial played. Um, and then let's see, let's talk about what, tra what were the trailers? There was the Oppenheimer trailer, right? Yeah, Oppenheimer, Barbie, the one about Dracula on the boat. Oh yeah, Dra uh, boat, Dracula boat, which honest to God, looks like a fun I'm into movie it. to me, so, except for how bad the Dracula looks. Yeah, the last well, my, voyage uh, of the Demeter, I think. But it's a great trailer. It. My yeah, good friend is. David Dasmalchen is in that film. And so I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I noted that, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I like, I like that Universal's um, making like three Dracula movies and they're all very, yeah. very different. And Just see what sticks. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What else was the trailers? I don't know. I oh, missed all uh, my trailers. Napoleon. We saw a Napoleon oh, yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that looked like I'm not going to be able to watch it probably because it's going to be really violent. Mm -hmm. But it looked almost like a Michael Mann movie. <laughs> It looks great. To me, yeah. It looked really, it actually looked really, like, for me, I don't care about Napoleon. I'm not a huge, like, late Ridley Scott fan, but that trailer was very good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought um, it looked good. I, I'm, not a fa I'm not a late Ridley Scott fan either, but he also pulls one out periodically, so I'm, like, mm -hmm. I'm kind of here for it. I'm also reading, yeah. a, like, a thousand-page biography on Napoleon right now, so it's going to hit oh, cool. it right the right time for me. Nice. Yeah, and I guess typically I wouldn't go see prequels, but like Napoleon Dynamite was just like a formative movie. <laughs> and so it's like, I want to see this. Like, Well, I'm actually going to show the origin of that because there's that part uh, where he like explodes the ice. And I'm just assuming that like that's where he got the nickname. Probably, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. How, how did he get his sweet skills? Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought Napoleon looked good. And then we also saw the Blood Moon or the... Uh, Huh? Killers of the oh, Flower Killers Moon. Oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Great that trailer. Really yeah, that good trailer. Really good. Yep. I feel like there was there was more. Another like, one we, I wish I could see, but probably won't. <laughs> yeah, we had we had about a half an hour of trailers before the movie, and like, like I think we're all getting old. We're all sort of <laughs> complaining about our movie theater experience to some extent, but uh, yeah. So we went. We took the whole day off. Victor went to daycare. Sarah and I went to the movie theater at the 10 a.m. showing at the AMC here. Uh, <laughs> we don't have a real IMAX in Kansas City. Um, so I opted to go with the Dolby Theater. That I think have. that was smart. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was good. The projection was great. Sometimes yeah. I've had issues at uh, even with that specific auditorium. Huh. Um, I saw Blade Runner 2049 there and I yeah. went afterwards and I told one of the guys, I was like, like it was all great. But there's like a loose fixture. And so every time there's like this rolling bass, you just hear like. Oh, no. Like, so it was, it was. Yeah. Anyways, but it was everything was great with the presentation, which was nice. I've had bad experiences AMC, so um, I was a little leery. But I, I did research and it was like that's there's I, there's about three like of the best screens in town. And that was recommended as one of them. But um, but yeah, my complaint with the trailers is like you're there's They're all so like pounding. That I felt yeah. like sort of exhausted after 30 I mean, minutes of that. Oppen yeah. Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon have that yeah. just like ticking kind of like yeah. feel yeah. to just them. Boom, boom, boom. And so I really like uh I'm like I said, I'm getting old. Um but but yeah. The you uh know, 
it's, presentation, everything else was great. Although I had to pee, like I peed right before, and then I had to pee again, like thirty minutes into the movie or something. Lee but, peed like three times. Yeah, I was. Stunned. I was good I after. Didn't pee, after the I didn't one pee time. once. <laughs> nice. nice. You know what? I was I, actually committed. <laughs> I I peed three times during my screening. Which really? Is, yeah, it's a lot that for is, me. Wow. Oh my god. I know. I, that makes well, me feel it better. was like I what like I was I doing. Think. Well, I drank a lot of soda, but also, which is stupid, but I did it anyway. And the whole thing is like, okay, I I was like timing my peas to a movie I've never seen before because I'm like, okay, there's not a stunt happening right now. They are just mm-hmm. talking, which I don't want to miss. But if I miss him driving off that fucking cliff, I'll you know walk into traffic. <laughs> Lee, so, Lee yeah. missed my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> well, okay, real quick. So right now we are going to get into spoilers. So just for anybody that's listening, by chance, if you didn't think this episode has spoilers, there will be spoilers. So also, if you are listening by chance, like your cat stepped on the computer or something, <laughs> I got I got Lis- one quick listening to how we're, how many times <laughs> we peed during the film. I got one one quick thing to say about all these trailers. Just observation. Okay. Nice little group of trailers. I say. I agree. I agree. You know? It's I kind think of there's a, some stuff to look forward to. I'm just saying, like generally, we're looking. I'm looking at this landscape of these movies that are coming, and it's just like, you know what? Not bad, Hollywood. What else you got? Yeah. I don't think we well, had a Barbie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is fine by me, frankly. But that's surprising. Um, you think Paramount? Or no, it's Warner Brothers, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's not surprising. I suppose it's competition. Um, but yeah, Apple produced two of the. Yeah, the, they're the flowers, good, flowers so. of the Killer Moon. Yeah, Killer the Ridley Scott the and the Mark. Fla- I don't know. So. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Okay, we now continue. Kit, okay. what was your favorite part of the film? Um, my favorite part of the film was when they are climbing up like train car after car in the tra- with the trains dangling off the cliff. Oh, that yeah. was my favorite that was, part. That was awesome. Yeah. And people in the theater <laughs> the were like end. freaking out. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you would just hear like audible gasps every now and then. Yeah. Someone would, someone would just be like. Under their breath, just like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, <laughs> there usually, was a guy. Usually, it was theater. me. <laughs> um, there weren't very many people at our screening, but like there was one guy who, and it wasn't like sometimes it bugs me, like when people like have big reactions, mm-hmm. like because it feels forced or like obnoxious. But he was just like the kind of guy he was like, oh, like like a big like you know, yeah. oh whoa, like that kind of a thing. That was fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, the train thing was. Well, also, literally a cliffhanger. So they're at the tail mm-hmm. end of the film. I thought that was, I thought that had to be like, I think that had to be intentional, like, or some of kind course. of joke, but maybe not. Um, no, but, it, uh, for sure it was. Yeah. And then how it just like each, it was like uh, each train car was like a difficulty level. Like, yeah. Here's, here's like boiling grease pouring out of the kitchen. And then now here's oh, a grand piano it dangling. Very much <laughs> looked like on the beginning of uh, Uncharted 2, where it's like, there's all oh, these, okay. like, there's all these, like, it's like a train of like cargo like pallets that are kind of like slowly falling out of a plane and you're climbing oh, up okay. the pallets and like jumping. Right. Well, I was thinking the same thing and they just made an Uncharted movie yeah. with that famous sequence and it fucking sucked balls. <laughs> it was like the worst film I saw that year yeah. and that sequence was terrible. And then like yeah. less than a year later, um, somebody did it better. The actual good version so- <laughs> of that scene. Do we know how they did that? Because I could tell there was some digital work here in the oh, for but they, sure. I could also tell that they were climbing. Like it was, yeah. you know, and knowing Tom Cruise, I could tell that he was climbing something. So like, was it like some green screen, blue it screen kind of stuff? That or? had to be in a studio. Yeah. It had to be. Okay. 
yeah well no for sure yeah for sure or at least some the, of it at least the river below was yeah. was not there but i okay, I, but I, I had trouble with that one because because I, I was worried about that set piece because in the trailer mm-hmm. it's like you see the motorcycle which is like the thing they've been selling the movie with and it's like that obviously looks perfect like mm-hmm. no edits no changes perfect and then like in the trailer it kind of like ends almost with the train splashing down in the water and it's like it doesn't look bad it looks fine but it's like in a movie where tom cruise just drove off a cliff for reals yeah you're gonna show me some cg water like in the next instant and i just don't know if that really works um but overall i felt like it i mean i think i'm I'm inclined to agree it's like the best one of the best action scenes in the series i think i mean like when they get just like how all the trains are all the cars are different I mean, it's mostly, I think, the acting and just, like, how the environment is consistently changing. I don't necessarily think, like, the CGI or whatever is, like, um, I don't, I think it's exceptional. I think it's good for CGI, but I just, I don't think it's, you know, as I think good it was, it was a good example of, like, how performance, practical, and yeah. CGI yeah. can cr- together create an experience yeah like like i don't like unlike you say the motorcycle jump which like i know that that's real yeah um there's cgi in it um but like he's really doing that i don't like i don't know how much of the train shit was like them in in actual peril probably not that much since Haley atwell's there but it felt all like a thousand times more tense to me than the motorcycle jump. That's not like a criticism of the motorcycle jump, but like it was like enough of it was real and working together to sell it that it was the most tense moment yeah. of the movie, regardless of how much was practical. It's a mm-hmm. very, it's a very well written scene, and mm-hmm. I think having like Haley Atwell in that Freak scene out. and be the character that she is in the movie, which we could talk about this more, but like that adds so much. Like having having Ethan Hunt do a stunt on his own is like one thing, but then you dial it up a notch by having somebody who's like definitely not supposed to be there and him having to like save that person at the same time. And that person is also like pretty fucking capable, you know, like she knows how to handle herself, but like not this, (laughs) you know, not this situation. (laughs) Um, So I think that just like you've just got like an added elephant. It's like it's it's John McClane with no shoes on. Um it's it's taking something like very very relatable injecting it into an insane scene and it just it just adds so much more to like the language of it all yeah yeah and i think the mix of you know digital practical and all that like it felt more like a jurassic park style you know effect sequence than like and this is i'm you know not to knock on marvel or dc but like where it just feels like Whenever you see like the making of so many of those things, it's just it's all green screen. And Absolutely. this was like well, you can tell they're jumping from thing to thing. And like you yes. can tell some of this is real to some. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it was cool. It was it was like definitely, you know, your palms are sweating and like you're really tense kind of thing. So it's like it at least mom's got me spaghetti. on that level. Yeah, it's definitely a mom's yeah. spaghetti moment. Mm-hmm. What's the mom's spaghetti moment? <laughs> you said palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. Oh, uh, OK. I'm an M. Yes. Yeah. It's a mom's um, spaghetti. Yeah, okay. It's a mom's spaghetti moment. Uh, 
Um, yeah. Well, so okay. So we've, we've, we've we jumped have... to the very end of the movie. <laughs> right. So yeah, let's, let's, uh, from the beginning, let's, yeah, either if we, if we want to start with just like our overall thoughts of the film as a whole, or if we want to just work through the movie as we remember it, um, I could say my favorite sequence, but I'll probably save it so we can have it a little more organized. Um, yeah. but, uh, I guess, so Kit, that was your favorite sequence. What was, mm-hmm. uh, what, what did you, how did you, what would, what were your thoughts on the movie overall? Or I guess Kit or Andrew, whoever wants to go. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the movie overall? And then how do you kind of rank it with Mission Impossible, the franchise? Okay. Like, did it did it meet your expectations? Did it leave you, you know, a little unsatisfied? What did, you know, whatever. So who, well, whoever wants to go. I also want to say that, like, the first thing I sent Andrew when I got out of the theater, and I was texting Andrew because he'd seen it in my cabin, um, was The Hook by Blues Traveler because... We may not have had the return of Hookface, but we did have return of the Hook from uh, Fallout um, in that very train sequence. So I felt very... I Okay, so... I... I need to... I, I'm, I'm planning to see it again, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been asked, do I... Like, where does it rank? Because, like, my friends and I re-watched all of the Mission Impossibles right, you know, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so... People were asking, like, where does this, how does this change your ranking? Um, I don't exactly know where this sits yet. I feel very confident that I don't prefer it to Fallout as a, as a movie. Um, like, I, I, for me, they're sort of like, I tend to prefer the Mission Impossibles that have the most, like, personal Ethan story in them. And so I, you know, three and Fallout are like way, way up there for me. Plus, obviously, like Fallout is just like a perfect film. It's, but it's also like it's not necessary to compare this to Fallout to decide like whether it's good. Like it was extremely entertaining. I think there were, um, I think it's probably the best car chase. Oh, of that, the series. Yeah, that was my favorite um, part. I love a train stunt, so I was very happy. Mm-hmm. I also really. I genuinely um, loved, like, for my brain, it was extremely fun to see all the references to not only other Mission Impossible movies, but, like, just other movies generally, but especially, like, the number of things that came back from previous films was was extremely fun to me. I could see someone, like, not liking it as much for that same reason, but it was super fun as, like, a fan of Mission Impossible who had just rewatched them all to, yeah. like, see all the callbacks. That was, like, super fun. Um, well, they weren't super winky about it, you know? No, it was just, like, literally it felt... The whole movie felt like... I think usually when things get meta about themselves, it's, like, bad. It means, like, okay, the fun's over. This, first of all, felt like it had earned that so much by just, like, making so many immensely entertaining films Mm -hmm. um, that it really, it felt deserved. And then everything just fit together so perfectly. Like, like, the fact that this movie was, like, delayed so significantly and in the time of its delay, its themes have become, like, (laughs) so much more relevant than they even were before i love like the the idea of the villain i think it works really well obviously there's like i think there's some goofiness that will maybe like date the movie a little bit but like that's 
okay. It's one of the better movies, the better like mainstream movies dealing with like technology as a villain that I think I've seen. Um, and it just like, it makes sense, I think, as like a something for him, a consistent theme of the films, especially the latter films being like <laughs> technology not functioning and kind of having to like just solve problems as human beings, you know? Mm -hmm. um without the tools that they're supposed to rely on mm -hmm. um and it's also it's just like it works so well with what this movie is like that it's a movie about people making masks and 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 using like special spy gear and yeah it often malfunctions but we haven't seen it just be flat out taken over by <laughs> the enemy like it was really cool to see like that the airport oh yeah the airport scene. anyway so sequence by sequence this is like and it just really doesn't miss. I think there were a couple of things, like Lee said afterward, he was like, there were a couple moments where it felt like a pandemic movie. And mm. I, I do see that in places. Um, I think, like, especially for these movies, which especially recently are so much about, like, saving humanity. And it feels like humanity is actually around when they're doing things. Like, that's one of the super fun things about Fallout is that, like, people are wandering in and out of the scenes of these great of this crazy shit happening yeah and i think you could tell a little bit that that was missing in this one yeah. um but like overall i think it's it's going to be a very highly ranked one i think it's going to be a very rewatchable one yeah um i'm really excited to see it again and i've been trying very hard to to be able <laughs> to see it again um but yeah it's 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 not a perfect movie like Fallout was, but like sequence by sequence, I was like extremely entertained. And I think the themes are like impressively timely and like digestible for one of these movies, which like, frankly, I typically don't follow anyway. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't actually know what's happening. Yeah, I. Yeah, one. I, I was kind of waiting for you to say it's about movies. Um, oh it's, yeah, it's, obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I thought was interesting, at least thematically, uh, I know with Rogue Nation and Fallout, um, I've always been impressed with like how they're like they're pretty like unconventionally. Uh, I can't think of a better word, but they're unconventionally woke to the uh kind of international workings of intelligence and obviously it mm -hmm. is a film it's it's an espionage thriller you know action type of movies but like they'll in all of the movies they'll kind of say stuff about like you know the united states security state that it's just kind of like oh it's like you don't really like you don't get that from other movies about spies right or big action movies and stuff well yeah and that so these guys are always like about to be disavowed by their like corrupt government right. and stuff. Like they're pretty like, you know, for people who maybe aren't like fans of, you know, the intelligence agencies or the, yeah, like the security state, like um, they're, they still let you root for, you know, Ethan and the team without having to be like, you know, and I, I like, I love Top Gun Maverick, but it's the complete flip side where like yeah. you really are cheering for, for the military and, all this yeah. type of stuff, which is, it's also fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that I really like, we get to, all, we, we get to enjoy this movie and still hate the CIA. 
Exactly. Which you don't <laughs> yeah. get to do a lot. That's fine. Um, I mean, yeah, and, it, and so, it's like, and it's like there, it's, there's a scene early in the movie where like the CIA is talking about the IMF and talking about how stupid they are. And I think right. that's what's so great about that is that the IMF just shows up and clowns on them immediately. Right. <laughs> it's great. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that, that has been present in Rogue Nation and Fallout for sure. Um, it was totally in this one as well. But then this one to me had a lot of stuff like religious uh, mm-hmm. kind of themes and then also mm-hmm. themes about like movie making and then also just humanity sort of existing yeah. in general, like humanity being under threat of losing what makes it special to technology and all this kind of stuff, which also straight, you know, like as a movie obsessive, I can tie almost everything into film anyways. But um but yeah, like the very same technologies that we see threatening what makes people people is what's threatening movie making and creativity and mm-hmm. arts and stuff right now. And uh, to have roped that into a massive blockbuster action espionage type of thing was really it was very cool. And it wasn't even like I was just like, wow, this movie is like so you know poignant or wise necessarily. But I loved that there was all that stuff to think about. And yeah. then then you get to the filmmaking like the, the various sequences we've talked about. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, like I love the car sequence was by far my favorite, uh, partially because of the comedy. It reminded me so much of like Jackie Chan kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But then like you mentioned the airport sequence and like, as I was watching it, nothing even clicked with me. Nothing occurred to me. But then like, as I thought about it later, I was like, fuck, like that was insane. Like to, I had a perfect idea of what that space looked like. I knew mm-hmm. where people yep. were. I had a sense of like, yep. Yeah. It was just like the way and that they made it. Very long. Like all yeah. the sequences are extremely long. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I had just seen, um, spider verse like the week before this and which is great and beautiful and totally worth seeing, but you feel how fucking long and unending <laughs> It, it is at a, yeah. at a certain point. Yeah. And this movie is longer, I think. And like that car chase is like, it feels like it's like half an hour. You know, yeah. the airport sequence is very long, but like yeah. you're, you're not tiring yeah. of it. I, I think you're just like, no, I did. Like, I, yeah. I definitely yeah. wasn't. No, yeah. I wasn't tired. Like it is in itself a movie, <laughs> like right. a little yeah. bottle I mean, movie. That's, that's yeah, like and and you know, like you were saying, how they kind of call back to the the former movies and stuff, like mm-hmm. the airport thing specifically. As I was thinking about it later, I was like, that's like, you know, have, have I know Andrew? I'm sure you've seen Carlito's Way. Yeah, several. Okay, times. have you seen Carlito's Way? Mm-mm. Okay, so there's basically just this long kind of sequence through trains and through the subway and stuff like that that um, people point to as like one of the highlights of De Palma's career, and like it felt like that in in a lot of ways. Like I mean. Very different movies, but um, just just that, like that idea of like, yeah, how hard it would be to capture all of this and still mm-hmm. make it like com- like you can't look away. You're completely engrossed the whole time. You know what's happening. You're not like a little lost. You don't have to fill anything in in your own head. Like, I, I mean, you, you know, not, I not felt, nothing crucial or whatever. I felt but, this movie um, was very, very, very De Palma-esque. Yes, yes. Like, more I'll, so than... Probably well, the it's the most like two. number one or the yes. most referential yeah. to number one. Uh, I don't think since number one. I think yeah. the I think the only movies that I think two, three, and four 
probably are the least De Palma-y, but there's like, yeah. but McQuarrie, I think, does, I mean, in Rogue Nation, you've got that whole, Rogue Nation, yeah. That whole foot chase at the end, which is like extremely MI1. Um, I'm trying to think what Fallout has. I'm sure it's in, I'm sure I could think about it if, think of some, but like this movie was like, so, I mean, obviously it's amped to, you know, 11 or whatever, but yeah, totally, I kept thinking, like, that whole airport sequence, I felt the same thing. I was like, this is, like, Well, there's, like, surveillance. One. Yes, yes. Yeah, and all, all, these yeah, little, all these little monitors. off rooms, very, like, snake eyes with, like, yeah. these, like, yep. what kinds of back... Well, and of course, Mike loved it, because it was behind the scenes of an airport, which <laughs> <laughs> <Die> <laughs> is hard the too, only baby. thing Mike needs to like a film. Um, <laughs> hey, I, also... I mean, you you just sent us text the other day that you got to see behind the scenes at the museum. Yeah, it was, it, was, like, it, the coolest was thing ever. it was super it's fun. rad. It's fun to yeah. see the pipes. <laughs> I think it, you know what else I loved about that, too, is that um, like one of the one of the things that can irk me in these films is. And one of the reasons that I think my favorites are like Fallout and Three, um, I don't really like it when they try to make Ethan cool. Because mm-hmm. um, to just for me, that's not really one of his defining qualities. It's much more fun to see him uncool. But I will yeah. say that this like this airport sequence. He feels very effortlessly cool to me in that scene. Like, mm-hmm. he feels... Because, um, obviously, like, t- like Tom Cruise's age is, like, a quote-unquote problem <laughs> for, for these films. And one of his qualities as a movie star is b- clinging to his youth much longer than others have been able to. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it it does like you know I felt like in this scene he you know there Haley Atwell's probably twenty years younger than him, and I was like no I'm enjoying this chemistry because it just didn't feel like they were fighting that he's this like yeah. um slightly older like very capable man he seemed genuinely sexy and cool um, and funny and his repartee with her was very good. Um, whereas in some of, of the other films where they have tried that, I've been like, no, this isn't really working. And why are you even trying it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, it felt very fun. And, and it's, it's, it's honestly very remarkable that the scene where like Benji is having to like defuse a nuclear bomb as like a side mission. And like, there's this earth destroying thing that actually does like get away from tom cruise it's like the fun scene (laughs) you know that's like the like party scene of the movie kind of um i thought that was really cool so andrew your uh your big picture take on the movie and your favorite Uh, let's go scene okay my favorite scene um we haven't heard what it was yet right no you haven't Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the airport scene. Okay, it's a I'm gonna go with the airport pick. scene. Great pick. Yeah, I I loved. I thought the car chase was probably the best car chase they've shot. There's just like again, it's 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 John McClane's shoes again. You've got him handcuffed to to somebody. They're sitting in the opposite seat, so we have to. He has to steer with the wrong hand, and you've got pomegranate Clementoff just like 
she's awesome and she's that he's in a little fiat and she's in like a tank and she's yeah. like murderous and she wants to like she's like desperately wants to kill him for pleasure or whatever um so it's just all these great elements along with you know the fact that the cars don't really you know they don't drive well over the uh the the cobblestones and you can see them like struggling through you yeah, know like that skidding space. Like, it's great yeah. it's great um so that I felt yeah. like it was shot really differently from previous Absolutely. car chases too. It looked like that Jack Reacher char- car chase to me yeah. kind of. Yeah. Mm. Um but uh yeah, that airport scene is I mean everything we've already said um it's just it's very Hitchcockian to me and De Palma-y to me. Yeah. Um it's I'm a sucker for geography as you've already kind of talked about, you know, you always know where you're at and that's super important i think um and i think so much more difficult like one one of my um go-tos when i'm like describing like ge- you know like geographical awareness in a movie i always talk about the conjuring and it's like but that's just a house and this is an entire yeah. airport <laughs> full of thousands of fucking people and it's like you always fucking know um and it just felt this in this one specifically, I just felt like the edits were just so well thought out. Everything felt very, very tight to me. Um, there wasn't like a ton of fu- like if I really think about like some of the other ones, because these big blockbusters, they just they get, you know, they get unwieldy sometimes. And I think about like Rogue Nation is one, you know, like I think Ghost Protocol is one that's hard. It's like hard. I would I would be hard pressed to like describe the plot to you and i love that movie rogue nation is a movie i love but there's like this 15 minute scene in the middle of it where they're just like exposition dumping on you because it's just like they don't know how else to do it and it's fine but it's just like in this one i just felt like they had stuff dialed in in a way that i don't it just it just felt like next level stuff and the same thing for you know um fallout fallout's obviously I agree, a perfect movie. One of the best action movies of ever. Um, you know, if not in the action, like in the top five best action movies of all time. Um, but well, we know the top three. Mm-hmm. We do know the top three. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I just really felt like that airport scene was amazing and it's very funny. And it's it's sort of like it's it's fun to watch, like the characters have to, you know, pivot and improvise and then you just have like this this nuclear bomb cryptic uh like puzzle solving side mission with Benji and they don't want to tell And then te- deciding not to tell him is so funny. Yeah. They don't yes, they don't want to tell Ethan um cuz he's on another mission and it's like it's all dire, you know? And it's <laughs> it's it's like yeah, I think that is a moment of the series being self-referential. Um, you know, just kind of like, we know this is insane, but it's also so much fucking fun. Also, that sequence has my favorite shot in the entire movie, which is very silly, but it's, it's a, it's a wide kind of panning shot and it's Shea Wiggum who's chasing, uh, one of the people chasing Ethan through the airport. And he's like looking around. He's just like, I don't know what he says, Mm -hmm. but he's just like, where is this guy? He's like out of breath. He's like, yeah, out of breath. And then the camera, you just see there's like a, a, a <laughs> overhead windows and you can just see <laughs> Ethan running behind him. And it's a, yeah. it's a wide shot. So yeah. he's running, you know, conservatively top speed 
uh, <laughs> 50 yards on top of, you know, just like 50 feet over his head. And it's just, yeah. it's chef's kiss. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. I forgot about that. But yeah, as as for like my thoughts on the movie overall, um, nah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, obviously, I, I, I loved it. I, I really, really, really loved it. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I was so, so excited. And it's like, I don't want to be too excited, um, about any movie. Cause mm-hmm. it's, you know, you want to set your expectations and then you don't want to be like talking yourself out of disappointment, which I'm one to do. Um, and it was just like, as soon as the movie opened on that, you know, kind of amorphous shot of of the the underneath the ice and i'm like what the fuck is that and i'm just like i'm in i'm fully fucking very in. very new felt very uh new yeah, to me fresh there's a few things in this scene. movie there's a few things in this movie that feel very fresh to me for the series um mm-hmm. that opening sequence is one of them then there's there's like i like the the small little bits of like expanding on the mythology um i th- i thought that felt you know not necessarily like a super original idea. Basically, the idea is that these people were all criminals, and um, mm-hmm. and then they got recruited. Like that was their choice. They're a Suicide Squad, if you will. They are. Yeah. What are we? Some kind of Mission <laughs> Impossible Squad? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, all of that was like fo- like it's not stuff that we necessarily have ever needed before. But it's like yeah, if you're offering me a tiny nugget of who these people actually are. Like I can, I can get on, I can, I can get on board with that. Um, and then, yeah, I think the, I think the villain is, is genius. You know, we've, we've had, we've had, uh, you know, zealots and we've had, uh, spies gone rogue and we've had, you know, diseases and, and weapons, arms dealers and, all kinds of, you know, people leading, you know, entire uh, terrorist networks and shit. And it's just like, how many more people can Ethan Hunt fight? And it's like, how about we, you know, kick it up to Blade Runner levels? How about we, how about he fights, you know, HAL 9000? Um, Something and I, that, like, knows what he's going to do. I love it. It's so much fun. And it's just like... This whole thing, this, there's a really great thing that we discover, like, you know, halfway through the movie, which is that the AI is afraid of Ethan Hunt. <laughs> just like, so good, man. That's just like rad. He's just like, because you're the one person on Earth that actually has a chance. Like, it's done the calculations. So I just yeah. love the idea that there's this, like, advanced algorithm that has run through all of Ethan Hunt's missions. And it's just like, okay, this guy's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I think if I were to quibble, um, I thought the, the, the like main human villain in the movie, uh, Gabriel felt, or Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and I really like that actor. Um, yeah. and I look He's forward. Yeah. I look forward to seeing more of that dude. Uh, but it just, uh, you know, it wasn't, I felt like not, it's half not, a movie. It's half Ethan! a movie. I know, I know. <laughs> it's half a movie, and he's kind of half a character. Um, so there's, yeah, he's kind of retconned in as like somebody from Ethan's past. Um, but he was know, funny no, though. He I was liked funny. His yeah. perform his performance is good. It's like writing wise, they're obviously holding things back 
yeah. about him that feel inevitably dissatisfying because they've chosen to break this into chunks. Yeah. Yeah. Which I yeah. also think they've earned more than some other films, but it makes it hard to like fully judge it as a movie. And that is my yeah. and that is my like overall it's not even like a complaint. It's just like it's a it's it's like I don't want every single series, which is the way the world is going, like every single mm -hmm. series that is like it's like if we've earned our way to making more than five of these or not even that, it's like, well, we can we can get Three. the audience. <laughs> yeah, we can get the audience to stay for, you know, to come to to break the movie in two, two and a half hour chunks and come a year and, you know, a, come see each segment uh, a year apart or whatever. Um, yeah. And I just like we were kind of talking about this uh, when we recorded last, but um, I just feel like it's not a it's not necessarily bad. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's really bad. Um, but there's just something about it, it. It makes it hard to like watch as as a movie. And it's like I all of my favorite movies are movies I can like rewatch at any time. And it's like. Well, I can't really pick up, you know, Dead Reckoning Part One anytime yeah. I want, and then feel like I've you know completed watching a movie. Well, so, I kind of, I'm very prissy about that particular thing. Like we've talked about Dune. Yes, you're very. And we've prissy. talked about yes. Well, with the superhero thing, with the, with the like half, like the last third of this movie is setting up the the sure. next movie. Mm -hmm. Like, however, maybe it was just because I knew this was part one you know yeah, like that, that was there that in the title that helps for so sure. but i still felt like i got several things were resolved and i think mm -hmm. part of that was Haley atwell's character yes. has a pretty full arc in this and it's mm -hmm. you know it's not like the whole movie necessarily was like that's what i was invested in there was just there was enough stuff going that i felt did wind down that i wasn't and it could just be that i just love these movies i love this series you know, all this, yeah. you know, I might just be making excuses, but I really like, I felt relatively satisfied mm -hmm. with like, like I got in a full meal. Like it, it wasn't like, you know, uh, with the, with the AI storyline, that's still this big, huge open thing, but I'm also interested enough in that to, I do want to see more. Like I'd, I'd like to get another three hour movie to see what Ethan does to, to outsmart this super intelligence kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I felt like it wasn't, every door was closed and it was tidy, but, but I was like, okay, like I feel, I felt better I'll, to put it as concisely as I can. I felt better with this than I did at the end of Dune, which yes. I felt just mm -hmm. really kind of ended. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I agree. Was, I mean, yeah. yeah, Dune is like a much more, I guess it's, it's a very, it has a very mellow ending. It's like, yeah, it just kind of peters out. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, and it, I mean, it literally is the halfway point in the book. Um, mm -hmm. Which is which is fine, and it would be much better if I didn't have to wait, you know, three years to see the rest of the movie. Right. See, so, I don't think I knew that Dune was just a part one. Like, I think when I went to go yeah, see it, yeah, I I knew, I but I knew it was that. not it was not heavily it was not um, heavily advertised, and okay. they did, and they and the and part of that is because they didn't shoot the second half until after the first one was right. a success. Yeah, and that that is a gamble that that's I cannot. Bad. Yeah, that that's a gamble I cannot abide. Yeah, I, I don't. I do not appreciate that. I, I think mean, that is they, reckless. If it hadn't been a success, they just it'd be done. Would never have finished the story. 
it would, yeah, that's it pretty would, much. I would have if if it hadn't been a success, and I love Dune, I would have never watched it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fully, I'm out. Like yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing this shit. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So knowing it's all, it's a it's a year away. Knowing they've shot most of the movie. Knowing it's it's regardless of what happens in the film industry. Right. The Mission Impossible series will conclude. Yeah. Um, so it's like we can kind of rest easy. Yeah. I also think I don't know if I fully believe that this is it. I don't you know, like they've said that. I, I, I don't know if I fully believe that because they, they say that everybody says that all the time. Like this is it. This is the last one or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, but I also feel like it's like with Harry Potter when the film franchise ended. You kind of were like, OK, they, they split it up into two movies but it's like this is the end so that just means that the end is really big so okay like you know maybe so maybe that's part of why i'm like a little more at peace with it than i was with I dune where it's like I the very the first movie I yeah i think it's the end also i think yeah, well, Although yeah. this I mean, is that's, that's this is now this is the first tom cruise production isn't it no the previous no, movies produced, had uh, tom cruise product no i'm saying the word it said a tom yes. cruise oh, production yes i don't they, know about that. they said they either said they said cruise wagner for years, right. because that was his producing partner, Deborah Wagner, and then mm-hmm. uh, I think the fourth one. Skydance is him, right? Who? Skydance Sky- is Tom Cruise, isn't it? No, Skydance is David Ellison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Skydance is, is just who, um, I think Skydance started when Bad Robot came on, and then Bad Robot. I was going to say, wasn't J.J. Abrams? And then something? when, I think Bad Robot was affiliated for two movies and then i think now it's just skydance and you know obviously paramount Paramount. um but yeah it's been a cruise it's been a tom cruise production sent all of his movies have been a tom cruise production i think all of his starring like big roles but uh, have they said that no see i think i think no i don't know about that because i don't i I feel like this was the i think this was the first time i've noticed that i'm 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 positive at least one other movie does like fallout or one of them one i can i guarantee one of them does and it would have to be it would have to be fallout and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna go look right now okay god i hope i'm not wrong because i've i've been i'm sitting here guaranteeing it um (laughs) you bet the farm on this yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure so we'll just wait (laughs) no go ahead and talk i'll just let you know um i want to talk about the opening sequence a little bit more uh, okay, with the submarine. Yeah, I think those opening sequences are tough at this point because it's like we know they're we know they're duping. Yeah, yeah, we know they're we know they're duping us. And this one made it a lot further than I thought it was going to. Well, don't you feel like? See, I assumed that it was Tom Cruise. Yes, that it was. Yeah, that's how they tricked us off, this so. time. Yeah. Is like they show this little like ballroom that looks very similar to the the vertical drop in the first movie in some ways. Mm-hmm. And there's all these like I knew that like their torpedo was gonna hit them and but I just assumed that was our boy messing with them. And mm-hmm. it's not. That was like the surprise. Yes. Yeah. As soon as Yeah, as soon as they shot the torpedo, I knew. But like up until that point, which is, you know, five minutes or whatever. But I think like Fallout did a really good job, too, with the Wolf Blitzer thing. Like they fake a, a nuclear holocaust <laughs> and like 
I was, and when that happened in Fallout, I remember thinking like, holy shit. That this movie is going to take place in like a post World War three. <laughs> like this is going to be fucking nuts. And then they pull it back and you're like, oh, fuck, they got me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this this one this one made it a lot further than uh, than I thought it was. So um, I I loved I loved that whole sequence. I love that shot of. Uh oh, there's also a cool thing that the movie does, which a lot of movies have done. This first time I saw it was in the Thirteenth Warrior with uh directed by John McTiernan. But there's a thing where like a character will start speaking in another language and then it fades into English. I like that's fun. I like that. Oh yeah, just like kind of primes the audience, lets you know who the people are, and then like just you know allows you to stop reading subtitles. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love that whole sequence. I love the the bodies floating to the surface and kind of bumping against the ice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that almost felt like a Bond opening to me. Like totally. we know how the ladies are always floating through. Uh, like, you know, like the silhouettes. I was like, totally, totally. So there is a Tom Cruise production on Fallout. It is not as prominent. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. We were fools to doubt you, Andrew. I mean, thank you. I agree. You are fools. Um, I think what they (laughs) should have, I think what they should do, I think the titles of the movie should change. I think it should be Tom Cruise presents a Tom Cruise production, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, (laughs) part one. Starring Tom Cruise. What do you think? That's that should be the official title. Yeah, I think I could go for it. Yeah, I just my you know my my hope my fervent wish at this point is that he will just make movies, and I'd love for him to be in them too. I'm just saying, like I want him to start directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like he's co-directing these. Like, yeah, for sure. But he like, he is no. directing these for sure. But yeah, yeah. well, it, I don't want to take too much away from Christopher McQuarrie. I don't mean that. It's just that, that I don't know if there's another situation where an actor producer is as involved in no. coordinating like, the like shooting of a film, but like or Christopher, directing Christopher, the shooting of a film. Christopher McQuarrie is like. He's having to, like, keep the entire movie straight. I mean, he's the one who has to reconcile, like, all the problems mm-hmm. um, with, you know, the story and everything. And, like, Tom Cruise obviously has to do all the stunts. And, you know, he is in charge of the production. But he's also out saving the actual movie industry. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I think maybe he might think he's too busy to be a movie director. And he might be. But yeah, he can't he can't do obviously what he's doing for forever. I mean, I definitely like in the last six months, I've felt Tom Cruise looks older than he's ever looked. Still looks incredible, obviously. Um, But like, yeah, he's he's a 60 year old man. And it's like hard for me to imagine him not being in movies. And it's hard for me to imagine, like, how do you pull back from the things that you're doing? How do you pull, how do you, how does somebody who just flew a motorcycle off a cliff accept their age, you know, and start (laughs) acting like it? Like, how do you do that? And it's like, I don't know that a man. I would hope that the next challenge for him would be something related to making films if he, if he's not. Yeah. Like, well, I would too. Obviously, like. You know, his whole line now is that he's like, he loves entertaining people and he doesn't have to be in the movie. Obviously, they can't make him exactly like this without someone willing to basically die. 
for the movie. Yeah. Um, but there are still things that he has not done in in film. Oh, of course. It's just on the other side of the camera. I would like yeah. to see, you know what I would I would like to see him and I say this it's it's I'd like to see him like focus on acting. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And, and, I don't and, think he will though. I know. I understand. I just I I think and I think he's really really good. I think he's a really really talented actor he's very enjoyable to watch um but i don't think he's given like a performance like magnolia magnolia or, yeah <laughs> or um eyes wide shut i don't think he's done anything like that in you know almost 20 years and so i'd, I'd really like to like remind people and i still think like he's awesome um and, what was and, the, uh... and, and, and actually i think his performance in this movie is one of his better mission impossible performances <laughs> yeah more more depth yeah like this this was maybe more like edge of tomorrow maybe yeah uh, it was just like, it's that, like i feel like he's just like more expressive um, yeah like there's, there's more dimensions to the character or more mm -hmm. layers i guess um what was the one that he was in i think reese witherspoon was also in it and it was like a political it wasn't like a thriller but it was like valkyrie i never saw it no what lions it? for lambs lions for lambs the Robert is he Redford good in that one? like is that like a it was it was it was during his like you know weird exile? Oprah couch yeah Oprah couch uh exile um right he only has I like, was just a wondering of, like a couple scenes it's for, not a very good movie for his he, okay. like, he, he I was plays, thinking for his like meaty acting roles no like, it's it this ain't it he plays it's been like that a, long? it's been 25 years yeah pretty much I mean you know he did he did um American Made which is his most mm -hmm. like drama e movie um in the last decade at least um guy. yeah but that was 23 years ago i think that was yeah. 2000 right yeah uh valkyrie is is a pretty dramatic okay. movie i think it's weird that there's still gaps like what's like why haven't i seen these by now like i've never seen valkyrie i've never seen um what was the other a, one you just a, oh american made oh a blip maybe i'll do maybe i'll do a uh a, a tom cruise triple of like American made Oblivion and Valkyrie. I liked Oblivion. Oh, you've already seen it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can still watch it again. It'd be fun to discuss. Yeah. It's a mixed bag, but I mean, I, it's, I like that like, movie but... quite a bit, but yeah, it is. It's, it is a mixed bag. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to see like what the next stage of his career is like. I don't want him to I like, too. I, I do kind of want, Mission Impossible. I do want Mission Impossible to end because it's like it's it's like a, a almost a a perfect thing, and it's in, like it's just so great. It's like yeah, the, the second one isn't very good, which is like a blemish, but it's like everything else I just kind of love on some level at least, you know. So yeah. it's like I, it's it's so hard to make a series that's just kind of like almost unimpeachable. Um, so yeah, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like it to end on a high note and then stay ended. That's what I want. Yeah. Can I ask a not fun question? Sure. Sure. I want to know everybody's like, what are your critiques of the movie? Cause it's like, yeah, we all, it's, we love it. It's better than everything. But like, if you had to point out some things, what would they be? 
Sure. Well, you yeah. and I talked about this. Um, there's mm. there's a there's a fight scene between Gabriel and the ladies on mm-hmm. a bridge in in over a Venice canal, and uh, there's a couple of beats in there that look pretty rough very from fake. a yeah very <laughs> fake yeah very very uh, Captain Kirk fighting the Gorn. Um, yes. And I fa- so that was that's unfortunate. Uh, it's it's kind of a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing, but it's it's it's. It's not what you want to see in these movies. Um, I'm trying to think. There's some... <sighs> I think related to that... Mm-hmm. Because that, that was also... That was my biggest in terms of the filmmaking, like... Yeesh. Like, <laughs> you know, moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, rare for these movies. It also makes me wonder, could... COVID have to do with this looking kind of weird. Um, I yeah. don't know. Well, I know they um, shot that sequence like two years ago. So, yeah. I think related to that, look, I don't, I know Rebecca Ferguson needs to get the F out of these movies, probably at this point. She's doing a lot. Yeah. She's got a lot going on. Um, and I don't mind in terms of like what it does for Ethan. Uh-huh. But I do and I and I adore Haley Atwell. I'm I'm so excited that she's in these now. She's fantastic. Since like, you know, uh Agent Carter like when she punches, you believe she could knock a dude out. Like I love it. Yeah. Um It is a little <laughs> uh disappointing to me that the movie's literally like <laughs> out with one brown-haired woman like in with it like it's so um as as you could already have accused these movies of being where it's like the one film woman character basically which like rebecca ferguson made it to three (laughs) which is amazing but even like in terms of the plot it's like hmm which one will you let die because you have a spare already? It was like kind of (laughs) like not a great way for her. Like I appreciate that she was like, she's just as self-sacrificing as Ethan is. And of course she was not going to let this newbie like die instead of her. Like that felt very consistent with her character, but it also just felt like we didn't get to see at least not yet. There wasn't even really, there's like one scene of like Ethan on a balcony or whatever looking sad. Like he's not, it's, it doesn't change anything. It feels like it's merely there to set up Ving Rhames kind of saying like, you can't kill, uh, what's Gabriel, which like is a little, but like, I didn't, (laughs) Ethan seemed fine, honestly. (laughs) So, like, it just felt, I, I think that felt like a little bit of a waste and a, maybe even a tinge, like, insulting um, to that to that character who everyone I was with was, like, very sad yeah, I was to lose her because she's, she's great. Everyone loves her in these movies. Um, I think we needed. I and think... it was very easy to tell that that was going to happen. Yeah. I think we needed yeah. a. I think we needed a death. I don't know who. You- but they're not. But see, we do. But it would have hit so much harder if it was Benji or Ving. But they can't. You no, can't. They can't because they're the they're the fun dude we, characters. We need, we need so the. So they yeah. can't and kill them. And they're both. And it's funny because they're both. They're like repeat characters, right? 
They're both. Sort they're of. both. They're both hackers. They're both tech guys. Yeah. Right. They're like they're. they're you're right. They're the so same Ethan purpose. has two tech guys on his team, yeah. and we can't kill one of them because they're both funny, so we're going to kill we the lady them. again. Yeah. <laughs> like, And I get it, but like, can you imagine if they killed Benji? Benji? Oh I my don't know God. what I would do. People would have been crying in a Mission Impossible movie if they, if they killed I mean, Benji. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was sad enough to see Elsa go, but I knew that she was going to die because there's some like rule in movies where if the... So if there's two people fighting, like a sword fight or whatever, mm-hmm. um, whoever's winning to start with always yes, dies. Lo- they always yeah. lose. Yeah. And yeah. so she was the doing pretty turned. well to start with. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, they can't kill Ilsa. Like, really? <laughs> and then, of course, that happened. And I was like, oh, you know. I And I guess, you know. <laughs> but, it, but then it was also kind of like, well, then why pull her in to this yes. thing again? Especially I guess she had the such key, a, like. But, repeating thing of her character that like every single movie he gets her out of whatever mess she's in and then she just comes back anyway like it's really it it is genuinely it's like a bummer but not a helpful bummer it's not a bummer that they spent any that motivated ethan's character at all seemingly other than that one throwaway of like you can't kill gabriel but like we don't really expect ethan hunt to go into a situation trying to kill somebody anyway um it it was just like you know, the the more surprising thing for these movies to do would have been to let her either go off and live her life or let them be together. Like it just was like reserve her for like the end of the franchise or something. You know, I don't, I don't want him to end up with Haley Atwell if that's where they're going. Like I, he's yeah. like her dad. I don't. I don't. Well, want and then you know they what? You know what? They like. Sh- so go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know what they should have done or what hmm. uh, Rebecca Ferguson should have done? She should have pulled a Jeremy Renner. As soon as she read that script, she said, you know, I'm not available. <laughs> so that way they have the I option mean, to bring her back. <laughs> maybe she maybe they do still have the option to bring her back. I don't know. Maybe they buried her and her, like she seemed pretty she was dead. on some some taking some drug that slowed her heartbeat or Hell something. Yeah. I don't know. I just Let's wish go, they would have given us. It feels like there's more narrative potential and less cliche for this series to leave her around in some way, even if mm-hmm. she can't be in the films anymore. Like that was that was really that whole middle part to me, because that includes like the bridge fight that I thought the party was fucking stupid. <laughs> like again, that's gotta be a COVID thing. But it's like we yeah. just have these shots. To like half naked people dancing. We know they're nowhere near whatever is going on with this weird party this group of people is having. The AI is the one throwing the party. Yeah, I it's loved just it. like no, it's so like cool. it's a little I don't mind that like I understand they have to try to make the AI like a character in some way and give mm-hmm. it like a visual identity and stuff, and that that's always probably gonna come off pretty lame. Um but that just like did not that scene was just weird to me, especially because it was so similar in some ways to the party in Fallout, except sure. there's like nobody there. And especially yeah. it's like the White Widow again, and it's like these people, like, you know, how are we gonna get out of this room, one room of people without anyone dying? It just, it felt very um, repetitive, but like worse than the previous example. So, like, that was definitely my, that's where I would pee. 
during this movie, even <laughs> though the like skinny hallway alley fight was really good. That is, if if I wasn't gonna pick the airport scene, I probably would have picked the skinny skinny uh, alleyway. Alley that fight. is such a cool fucking fight scene because it's so different from everything else in the movie. You could tell they were just like. I mean, you can tell that they had fucking crew just crammed in there for probably weeks, yeah. you know? And it's just like, you. there's so much limitation to how you can shoot that. Like, you literally, you can put the camera here, or you can put the mm-hmm. camera here, and you can go <laughs> up or down. And that's like yeah. it, you know? Unless you want to build a, a fake a set with breakaway walls, which they clearly didn't want to do. For... You think, so they, so they are not on a set there. I don't. I don't believe so. If they are, okay. they purposely built it in a way that would limit them. Because right. the camera I was gonna is... Say they, the, the camera is not, mo- not moving beyond no. those walls anyway. Right. And, it's, right. Yeah, and, but... it, and, and so they, they're, they're shooting it handheld. They're sh- it's very, like, very guerrilla style. Um, it's just so different. And the thing that it still manages to do is you still get a sense of, like, the complexity of the action. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's an obviously it's not the bathroom see, scene from Fallout because nothing is, but it still feels like it's in that wheelhouse of like quality fight scene where it's not, um, you know, t- twenty different moves cut up into twenty different inserts and just kind of thrown together. Like it's a very well put together fight scene that they. It's like they purposely wanted a challenge. Like, let's put this in the hardest. And this isn't just like an alley. Like, a, you know, I think you think of alleyway fights, you think of they live or whatever. And those people had like 50 feet on all sides to to just go to town. This it's like alleyway, shoulder width. Yeah. This alleyway yeah. is seriously like the walls are closing in kind of shit. It's it's it is really like 18 inches, maybe. Um, And it's closed two on both ends. Go ahead. I had two thoughts about that scene um, or that, I guess, sequence. I like that. uh, But one the first time I saw it, I was like, I wonder if like this was filmed to be like because it looks like on a phone screen, like how it's all narrow. Oh, just the way it's like cropped by the walls. Yeah. And I was so I was like, I wonder if this was inspired by seeing video like that Mm. so much or if that and they were like, let's see what we can do within that kind of a you know, ratio. Um, and then the other thing I thought was that if I were directing this movie, what would have been neat is like an aerial Remember in snake eyes, how he does that thing where mm-hmm. he floats over all the hotel rooms. So something like that, where you, you do an aerial view mm-hmm. of this alley fight and really just show them like scrapping, like, yeah. like, it's like, just, why, like it know. just keeps going one shot. Yeah, yeah, like you maybe you yeah. maybe you like your aerial, you're looking down at them and you just kind of slowly move over as yeah. they continue mm-hmm. to fight and the three M, you know, and it's also like um in the second Matrix movie, there's that it's just a flat shot of the staircase. It's like a descent ascending staircase on both sides. Yeah. And Neo is jumping and like the two like white braid guys, I think. Are oh, there. yeah, 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 yeah. So like I've always thought that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a movie just because it was. And I don't like that movie particularly, but like um, it was like a fight scene where multiple things were happening at the same time and you're just getting a full view of it. Whereas like in a lot of fight scenes, people like wait to attack 
like for no reason. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to wait till he's done with that henchman before I jump in. But in that, I was like, that totally kind of subverts that trope where people are waiting to fight Neo because it was like everybody was going at it all at once and you just got to see it. And it yeah. was all, you know, computers were involved and all, you know, this type of thing. But it just looked awesome. So anyways, I was thinking for the alley. I don't know why I'm talking about how I would have made it, but I thought that would have been <laughs> cool because it, it did like it was really cool um, and it was very unique. But I was like, well, that would have been just such a it seems like that would have just been such a logical next step to just like show what this looks like from above or even like as a joke, have somebody like look out their window and like you're just watching like the people sure. in this like little like foot and a half space like, you yeah, know, try like to be somebody the goes to like, you know, hang their wet underwear on a right. clothesline or yeah. something and they're just like or what dump the fuck their is going like a uh, european piss bucket out the window yeah, the chamber yeah. Pot. yeah. <laughs> i also was like I why was aren't we making so, these movies uh, i was so sure that when they like slowly like shut each gate and he realizes like he's trapped kind of between them i really thought we were getting like an indiana jones moment where he just like goes up because <laughs> I thought, yeah, like, I, thought cool. was, I thought he was. I thought he was going to jump over them. Over and like yeah. shrugs yeah. and runs away. <laughs> I thought he was going to Jackie Chan them for sure. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's nice to see that they're you know because I feel like so many of the fights, the 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 action scenes in the Mission Impossible, the the notable ones, are like it's it's about full interaction with like a mountain or a city or just like, and it's, it's so they're so expansive and so meticulously choreographed and anytime, you know, and I feel this way about the fallout fight scene where it's just like taking, you know, you've just fallen from, you know, you've just parachuted in from a fucking through a a hurricane or whatever. And it's like, let's just bring the movie down to, you know, a smaller scale for a bit. And I thought this movie just like, it just, they just took it to the next level. Um, yeah, I think the claustrophobia just like works very well. You can't, you know, they, you can't really like extend your your arms. How do you? How are you supposed to cock your fist when you can't you right. know, square up? Really? Yeah, um, Henry Cavill would have been out of luck. He would. He would have been stuck. <laughs> he would have been stuck between the walls. Yeah, he probably. <laughs> he probably would have been. Although he that probably just would have like it was like a really big broken the building. Just like. Yeah. <laughs> And I love like oh, I man. love that like he's trying to fight two people at once, and like I like that they're like getting their they're hitting him with a fucking pipe. Yeah. Um, and I like how he um, he spared her, but was pissed. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. Like that was I was like a little scary. I, yeah. Which, which is I, good. We, that's one of the things that I you know Mike was we were talking about how he's got a few you know I think Ethan's got some more layers in this movie, and I think seeing him on the verge of of like actually hurting somebody out of anger is like mm-hmm. kind of a newish thing. Um I liked I agree with you on Re- Rebecca Ferguson's death, but I like what the death gives us. I like I like seeing Ethan te- you know the whole movie they're like you can't kill this guy and he's like yeah dude, I'm not going to kill him. Duh. And then we're mm-hmm. in the situation and he's and I love the moment where he's like just you can see him think to himself, no, I'm just going to kill him and I'll figure it out afterwards. And yeah. he just like starts to shove the knife into Gabriel's neck. And then it's not Ethan who stops. It's, you know, it's other circumstances. Um, I thought that was a really nice moment. I think. I, I so loved the, you, the callback. I like that there was a callback to MI2 in this movie. What which was, was that? that? With, with the knife thing. What do you mean? 
Do you think that you think that was a callback to the knife and the eyeball? One hundred percent. Just like a mm. no music guy, like for thirty seconds trying to get a knife into a guy. Absolutely. Okay. Huh, Maybe. I don't know. That's also a callback to every other movie where with a knife fight in it. If I'd seen if you'd given me the shot of the uh, of the thing right in front of his eyeball, maybe I I would I would feel a lot more convinced. I mean, I think that would have been a little too on the nose. Okay. Oh. Sure. Great callback um, to MI2. I think so you'd said Kit, you're like let's let's get critical or whatever. Let's let's mm-hmm. um let's so, get critical. That. <laughs> yeah. That's our that's our next segment of the podcast. Let's mm-hmm. get critical. Um, I I would say, and you know, I know that this is a safe space, and we're all friends here. Like this one did feel a little bloated to me, um, mm. but like I'm so on board for it that right. I didn't. Yeah, it didn't make know. me dislike the movie, but I did feel like more in this one than I did in Rogue Nation or Fallout. And part part of because we we've followed the production kind of over the years mm-hmm. as they've yeah. been making this thing, like <sighs> there's some places where I'm so impressed by the story and the characters and all this type of stuff, but then there were just some places in this where I was like, you know, I sure hope they know where they're going, or like I you know like it's like I'm not sure that this like there were there were long sequences or set pieces in this that were perfect sections of the movie. But then for the taking the movie as a whole, I was a little bit like, there's some things that are a little more wiggly where it's like, you know, maybe this could have been trimmed or like, it's like, well, why did this happen like this? Or like, that seems kind of, you know, I don't know, but yeah. So I would say like there was, there were, and there were also just, there was a lot of ideas. There was a lot of, there were a lot of characters like this. There's just, it's gotten very, very big. And mm-hmm. I think the extent to which they pulled it off was very mesmerizing, but that I think if I was to be really hard on this movie and like try to dig into it, that I would say that this one felt bloated. And it, I mean, this is only part one and it's like almost three hours long. Um, what would you and cut? So it's like, well, so cause that was my the party. Qu- the part. Okay. Which one? See, I didn't mind the party that much, but I immediately saw the eye, the artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, there's a fucking marquee shot of it, so that's yeah. I think you could. I think you could cut the. I'll say this: it was it was fun to see. I didn't. I, I, the thing where with Kittredge and all of the other CIA people and him Mm -hmm. sneaking in is not essential to the film. I but don't it's think. so it was much cool, fucking fun though. That's yeah. It's cool. It's just not the side. It's not my favorite kind of Ethan moment. Hmm. Okay. See and, and I did yeah. And you know from the beginning it's Ethan. In, in my opinion, it's very obvious that that's a dude that's got a mask on and it's probably Ethan. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think um, I would cut maybe a little bit of the Venice stuff, which, if I recall, includes the bridge fight. It includes the party, and then it includes kind of the love stuff. Yeah. Which it just, again, that felt you were a little talking half baked, right? Considering you also, this is a three-hour movie. Wait, so as as the, as I was thinking about the movie afterward, I was like, I bet Kit is going to have a problem with just the 
complete erasure of Michelle Monaghan from this, uh, like from Ethan's story. Yeah, like her story's got, concluded. We concluded. I it. think that's. Well, I agree that story's concluded. It's concluded, but it was also like they filled back in this story of this like thing mm-hmm. with Gabriel from back in the day. Yeah, and it's. I don't know. I just feel like when you do that, it does sort of cheapen the emotions we've had with that character. I can't remember what her name was, but the doctor it's, character. It's, it's a little bit. Juliet. I agree. I think the. I think it wouldn't be a problem, except that it's like. Okay, Michelle Monaghan, you can't have her anymore. So here's Rebecca Ferguson. Okay, we're gonna kill Rebecca Ferguson. But look, it's Haley Atwell. Just three women who look almost identical in some ways. And it's it's just like, it's so like, and then even the woman that Gabriel killed, who I think is maybe, I'm kind of crossing my fingers that's not a lover and it's like a sister or something. Um, oh yeah, like maybe. another just like, brunette like i don't like the idea that ethan is operating as he does because of this series of brunette women he's let down like that's <laughs> not fun to me and yeah. so i don't think i agree i think michelle Moynihan story was concluded beautifully in fallout but you can't help but think about her when you're being this like just parade of brown-haired women is just <laughs> being cut like one after the other out of ethan's life right it's like I think there's more interesting motivations for our main character to have. To me, it's like, he's like Harry Potter, where I also don't need Harry Potter to have a love interest. Like, he's got enough fucking going on, you know? Like, I appreciate that he and Rebecca Ferguson... He really does have 99 problems. Right. (laughs) Um, If not hundreds. Um, But, like, those two characters would connect. They work together beautifully. They Mm -hmm. have great just, like like fighting chemistry and shit like that's fun to watch but when she comes out on the balcony and like gives him a hug i'm like what the fuck is that right (laughs) so yeah that's these two people can't have anything close to a normal relationship and we've already seen that to be the case they should have this man they should have had like a secret handshake instead i think it honestly it's like it reminded me this movie actually reminded me of the matrix in like several points but like when we watch the matrix and like there's the part where like um neo and trinity are like going up on the elevator shaft and he just like pulls her to him and they and like that is that's the sexy like love scene for mm-hmm. me of that movie i don't need all this other fairy fairy tale shit in there between these two people that was like more meaningful and when 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 tom and rebecca are like fighting the dudes in the sand. I'm like, this is these people having sex, you know? Like, yeah. that's that's their connection. I can't, like, let's just go have fun in Venice. It's just like, I did like the line of like, I've never been to Venice. Like, that, that was like sweet mm-hmm. and meaningful and they didn't like over, like it was very like brief and felt like, you know, a movie from the 40s. It's that kind of line. I loved that. Um, but it's just weird to see Ilsa even act that vulnerable, like with another person. I don't know. Yeah. I, it did not work for me. And then again, they kill her, and he doesn't even fucking care. <laughs> like, well, we does, don't really, we but... don't really deal with it. You know, right, yeah. It doesn't change. It's not any different from his reaction to any other number of deaths we've seen in this series. So, in fact, he was more, <laughs> way more upset in the first movie. 
This is so we were going, we were deliberately going critical and going negative. I feel like now we've gone too far. You've gone too like, far. We gotta pull this, it back. We gotta pull it right, back. Yeah. None of this bothered me so much that I would no. like, you know, that it none of it bothered me that much during the film. But like if I had to pick parts to cut or if I had to pick problems with the movie, right. that's what I would that's all that's all I was saying. So none of this well, stuff was it, deal breaker it, anywhere it near. It doesn't that matter. Me, it's why it's right. why the like splitting them in two is like like, Andrew, I totally see your point of, like, well, you can't have, like, a satisfying movie-watching experience by just watching, like, the one three-hour half of this, like, experience. But also, it's, like, for me personally, when I put on one of these movies because I want to see one of the stunt sequences, and sure then enough. I just watch the rest of the thing. So, like, Fallout rises above the rest for me, and so does 3, because it has all of that. I mean, particularly Fallout, because Fallout has, like, better stunt sequences than 3. But, like, it then also has what, for me, is, an, like, extremely engaging s- story about Ethan and who he is. It has moments like the, the beautiful French cop and all of that stuff. Yeah, that, that's like, a I great, feel like I'm really learning moment. about this character and, like, seeing the lengths he will go to. It brings back Michelle Moynihan. Like, there's all these, like story and emotional payoffs that just like make it such a like make the stunts so much more satisfying and that's great i would still like like if even (laughs) honestly like even if even was wildly out of character or like i despised rebecca rebecca ferguson or something like this would still be a movie i'd put on and watch because it's like there is a level on which who gives a shit look at this car chase i don't care who these people are like this is amazing um, now, it also does have like great performances and 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 great writing and cool characters and all you know all this awesome stuff. I just don't I don't think it is. And I honestly I feel like these movies go back and forth for me anyway. Like I really actually do not like the story in Rogue Nation, um, and I also don't like some of like the main stunt in that movie. But like it's still like extremely watchable. Yeah. And and fun and there's like really cool parts, mm-hmm. right? Um, exactly. Like they're all still Mission Impossible movies. Like yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I so mean, that's the thing is, it's like you're looking at you're lo- a, a bad Mission Impossible movie outside of Number Two, which also still has its moments. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like comparing a bad movie to a bad Mission Impossible movie. The bad movie is going to lose every single time. You know? Yeah, or even just a bad part of a mission, or a, a part in right. a Mission Impossible movie that didn't quite settle with us. It's like it's still way up there. It's it's like I said last week when we were talking about Mulholland Drive. Like every time I see a David Lynch movie, Sarah says, "What did you think? How did you like it?" I say it's one of the best movies of all time. She said, mm-hmm. "You say that about every David Lynch movie." It's like, well, they right. are some of the, like all of yeah. his movies are among the best movies of all time. Um, and so yeah, it's like you know, like I said, we were asked to be critical. And right. so I, that's where I was going. But then it's like, I, yeah, none of that was stuff that either as I was watching the movie or no after I was thinking about the movie was like, yeah. yeah, where it was like, oh, that actually was a bad movie or anything. Like and I, I, think, s- I think part of why that happens in this, especially since it's so long, is it's like, okay, we have multiple sequences of like two characters sitting ta- and talking to each other and it's really tense. And it's like, to me, the one at the end where Haley Atwell is pretending to be the White Widow is like really, really effective. And so then when you have like other scenes that are basically 
a different version of that same scene, but they're not as good as the one that's at the end. It's like, okay, well, I didn't need, like, just let me have this one. Like, mm. I don't need, you know, we have other, we have like a one-on-one -on -one fight or a one-on-two, two-on-one fight between Tom Cruise and these assassins that's like kicking absolute ass and it's being intercut with one that's like <laughs> significantly worse <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. It's like, okay, I understand we want to cross cut and stuff, but like it works perfectly in the airport when we're cross cutting between the bomb and, yeah. and Tom. So I just think, I think there are ways that the bloat is like, even if the sequence would be good and wouldn't stick out because you have like two other better examples of it in this right. same movie. Yeah. I'm just like, why I don't need this. Like, just yeah. let's simplify a little. Yeah. Yeah. I would be interested in a kit cut. I'll tell you that. I much. would let you know. I'll there, try. Just, I'll give it a shot. There are levels <laughs> of, there. It just tells us that there are levels of perfection that have yet to be attained. Maybe, maybe Andrew, I'll make you a like one three hour movie. <laughs> That would be great. Out of, out of these two films, so you can watch that. That would be great. Um, <laughs> I do, you, you mentioned that the writing's pretty good, and I, I overall agree. And one of the, the indications to me is I thought that the obligatory exposition dump scenes were mm -hmm. much better than they normally are. You know, <laughs> where it's like, we all, get yeah. to a, we all get to a safe house, and we all have to sit around, and we have to talk about what's happening. Um, I, I just, I, I felt that they were just like tighter. Like there was just more storytelling happening elsewhere in the movie that it didn't feel like we needed to like take a minute and like describe the plot in, you know, in, in incredible detail, um, mm. as well, much. Well, it's actually fairly like, I mean, it's complicated because of the technology aspect, but it's kind of interesting that this whole time we're dealing with where's the key to this fucking sub? Like usually yeah. the mission they think they're on at the beginning becomes something different or bigger. Right. Like, but that thing from the beginning, that's what he's trying to do the whole fucking time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, it gets nuanced that like, oh, we also have to figure out where it is and who yeah. has it or, you know, all that stuff. But like the thing we saw at the beginning was not like a MacGuffin for a larger problem. It was just like, yeah, that is it. <laughs> like, Yep. And it's going to be it in the next movie, too. That helps. Yeah. I agree. I think that helps a lot. Um, and then I think, like, the things that they're talking about are actually, like, very, like, interesting, like, sci-fi, yeah. like, themes for me. Like, talking about, you know, sort of, like, philosophizing about what consciousness is, you know, which this movie mm -hmm. doesn't spend a ton of time doing, but just, like... When when the when the com the conversations become kind of a convoluted mess, it's like it's happening in like a really interesting way because it's like how yeah, we're talking about a conscious computer, like that's you yeah. know we're talking about as 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 people whose entire career is about being ten steps ahead of the competition. We now have something that is two hundred steps ahead of us. You know the the way we've been thinking about uh everything we have to now rethink is you know well that's what they're telling ethan we don't know that to be true um i suspect and yeah. i think it does too that the way yeah, ethan the true. way the way ethan does things is actually just going to be the way he continues to do things and that's yeah. going to be the thing that saves the world again but um, i think that this the there's an interesting thing too where like Obviously, like, Ethan's really scared of Gabriel because, you know, when he sees him and realizes he's involved, he, like, tells Benji and, um... Luther. What's Luther to get the fuck out of there immediately. Yeah. yeah. Not even knowing that, like, he's an AI. <laughs> he's, like, the spokesman for an AI. 
But yeah. like, it's kind of interesting that like over the course of like, especially at the the party, like Gabriel is like, depending on how you look at it, kind of like pathetic, like oh for sure, a, like a pawn who's like just kind of like kneeling at the feet that's, of, of that's, this AI. That's why yeah. I. That's kind of why I don't mind that scene so much. Is I like that mm-hmm. we've we've set up like a. You know, I you know the 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 kind of like side villains in this movie I think are like genuinely pretty scary people, um, mm-hmm. mostly pomegranate, but Gabriel's yeah. Gabriel's pretty scary too, and I, I like Pom. Yeah, she was wonderful, but um, he's a pretty scary guy, and and the AI is a pretty scary villain, and it's just I think you know the the main thing that that scene uh does for me is it tells me that the things that Ethan is afraid of are actually afraid of him, and I think that's mm-hmm. a very, very fun. That's in, kind that's of, interesting and fun. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's a fun switcheroo. Um, it's kind of. Yeah. I also like. I love. I love Shea Wiggum. I love him being in this movie. I really also liked the guy from Top Gun, who was kind of being like, um, huh? His partner was in Top Gun, I think. Also, Shea Wiggum's partner, the young guy. The guy that was like, he's on all of our side or something. Like, well, I liked when <laughs> when wait, he's gone rogue. He's he, not in Top Gun. You thought I think he is. I didn't recognize him, but I don't know. But you're talking about I'm, the, the yeah, black guy. Yeah, I liked that's having, partner, a, I liked the having a character that would go like, um, what if he has good reason for right. doing this? Like we've never seen any like government agent really do that. Of their own accord, without first having been owned, like by by right. Ethan, you know, I thought that was like a very interesting kind of character to have to add to these movies. Oh yeah, yeah he's, and he's I, Coyote in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. I assume that if these movies do continue, that he'll be joining the Impossible. I hope so. I really like. I really, I very, I really enjoyed him. Yeah, and I love Shea Wiggum too. The, yeah, to to, to Shea be Wiggum, like, it's like well, Shea Wiggum almost seems like out of place in that. He feels more like a like a New ATF York ATF agent or something, or or like a New York City detective or some shit. Yeah, just like he's more he's of so like small time. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and he's still like in the CIA or something. But just like mm-hmm. I love that he's you've got like this like normie almost. Nor- he's kind of like the cop from uh, Ghost Protocol, the like Russian guy who's chasing yeah. Ethan around the whole movie and just like getting his nose totally. broken every single time. I also can you explain to me. Like is is was Henry Czerny mm-hmm. screwing over Ethan, or was he just was that just like another character who's like I don't have I'm loyalty to I bleed on the fucking flag to keep make sure these stripes say red. Was he that kind of guy who's just like I'm gonna do what I need to do? I guess I'm trying to position along the like axis of evil. We have like um like um. Wesley from The Princess Bride. Carrie and we Elwes, have yeah. Carrie Elwes. We have Shea Wiggum. We have Shea Wiggum's partner. We have um, The White Widow. We have Henry Czerny. Um, like, where, like, where do these it was interesting fall? because it's like Carrie yeah. Elwes was like very clearly like a bad guy. But it yeah. seemed kind of like Henry Czerny was doing the same thing that that guy the, was doing. They well, are. They are. They are doing shades of the same thing. I think Kittredge is. Kittredge. Kittredge is a I think he is a bad guy in I think he's an antagonist I don't think he's mm-hmm. a villain yeah but he's like he's more like 
Alec Baldwin before he joined the team or something? Yes. What he's like that Alec character. He's a, he's, he's he a pain died. in the ass. He died. Yeah, he okay. died. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think he is a, he's an antagonist. Yes. Henry Cavill stabbed him. So okay. here's a question, though. Yeah. If uh, Kittredge is bad, then, I mean, I guess this is what we're left to wonder, but why would he send Haley Atwell to Kittredge and basically be like, do what this guy tells you to do. Because, like, he, knows, because he knows that Kittredge is an opportunist. And, right. uh, and again, Kittredge is, is still, quote unquote, one of the good guys. Okay. Like, he, he knows. I think it's and, just and that they, no one's ultimately loyal to the IMF except yeah. for the people on Ethan's team. I think, right. I think, they, I think they have a, um, a conflict of values. A conflict <laughs> of values. And I think that... I think they're very two different people, but I think that they're both I think they're both trying to do the right thing. I think like I think Kittredge is doing what he's doing because he believes it for the greater good. Carrie Elwes wants to control the world. But right. he's the one saying <laughs> for the greater good. I know, exactly. Well, they exactly. both kind of yeah. But also I don't. Just, but I don't think Kittredge is going to take. Wants to k- get the AI so that he himself can thr- can put himself on the throne. I. But Carrie right. Elwes does want to. Be he on wants the to keep America dominant. Basically, but it's sort of like the, the yeah, security it's state. Yeah, barely better. <laughs> I right. think it's barely better. It's just a, but it's I, a slightly larger number of people. But I think they're be, doing that on purpose. Is that they yeah. want us to like? Hmm. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know so, these two guys. Yeah. While we're talking Kittredge, I can't remember if I told you guys this before or not, but the first ever thing that I watched with Victor is the scene where from the first movie where Kittredge and Ethan are in the aquarium with the restaurant. Dutch angles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> amazing. It just it happened to be on TV and it's an amazing like, scene. We yeah. had I think we had just like finished feeding him. This is when he was real, really little guy. Yeah. And uh so that I was like, that was a perfect scene to have be Victor's first experience yeah. of cinema. Um I th- but, and yeah. you can learn to mistrust the government as well. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I think all of the Dutch angels in this movie were definitely a reference to the first yes, one. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I was going to say a couple things. The train. The, tr- uh, the train was seemed like a little tip of the hat. Vanessa the Kirby movie. is so doing is doing such a spot yeah. on Vanessa Redgrave. And then she effortlessly oh, yeah. switches it to a spot on Haley Atwell. I mean, it's, it's. Yeah, that was weird. And usually the actors who are who end up playing the other actors are usually pretty good at what they're doing. Um, so, I mean, I felt like, like, it, I, but the last time I felt that they were this good was, um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman playing Tom Cruise yeah. in three. Yeah. Hmm. And this one might've well, been, and, this one might've been better. Well, and it was funny. Cause like Lee said to me when we left, like, how come her brother didn't notice her like big brown eyes? And I was like, I actually didn't notice. I noticed that they kept focusing on her eyes, but I never picked up as like, oh yeah, duh. Um, what I noticed was how cruddy her nails were. That like, there's oh, no freaking good. way the White Widow would have would have those nails. Well, um, I didn't. I didn't notice either of those things. I just noticed that she was acting very well. Yeah, they um, keep yeah. focusing on like her very like wet, scared, huge brown eyes. It's cool. Um, which, like, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, you're completely right. But, like, I didn't even. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I'm bad at remembering people's eye color. So I didn't. Uh, me one. too. It's Fame. very possible that somewhere in there is even, like, her brother, like, a shot of her eyes 
And then her brother being like, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> trying to remember what color eyes his sister has or something. Can I see your driver's license real yeah. quick? I did um, feel, I mean, she was acting weird and he noticed that she was acting yes. weird. You right. Know? Yes. Because it's just, so it's like, there's something there. And like Kittredge doesn't, like her brother, I could be just like, you know, making this up, but I, because it's been like a week and a half since I've seen the movie, but I feel Kittredge is just like, this person's a weirdo. That's what his mm-hmm. acting tells me. Her brother seems like, what's my, it's like, why is my sister acting like this? That's mm-hmm. how I, that's how it well, comes Well, and it's helpful because they show you in the Venetian party scene that she's extremely scared. Oh, yeah. I love it. That she is like not in control. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, I also I guy, liked when. Go ahead. Oh, real quick, I was gonna say I thought that guy looked like Tom Hardy. Like I kept thinking, like, yeah. oh, I know that guy, I recognize yeah. him. I was like, like oh, an he just looks like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say, Kit? I just I liked when Ethan told. I think Ethan tells her like at the party, like you're making, like you've just made a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Big fan. Big so, fan. Uh, I guess as we're winding down, ish. Um, do we know who, what, what country like made this computer? Was it, was it like kind of like Russia, maybe? They like do, the fellows that were do, on the they sub. Do, they do say it. They say that it was like a prototype of something that fell into, and I don't know if it was the Americans made it and then the Russians somehow stole it. Okay. I can't remember. So I can't remember, but they do. They, what I think I there is some sort of explanation. Okay, so what I didn't quite understand was like why the people who had been in possession of it and had it on this submarine weren't apparently chasing it. Um, they were like they weren't among they the parties were, we see chasing it around the globe. They were using. Oh, uh, like they were like no. protecting it, and right? Yeah, I didn't. But, I thought that after the sub was sank, I thought that that was kind of like the end of that nation. No, no. Well, the, the, they sank the, the key... sub because yeah, uh-huh. he sank the 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 AI. I call it a he right. for some reason. Um, the AI sunk the sub so that no one would find it and be able to shut it off. Right. Yeah. So that's like it's, but... that's its brain. But why aren't yeah, the Russians so... among the people? I think they are. They just aren't featured in this film. <laughs> well, yeah. okay. But see, what I'm wondering is if there's gonna be some sort of thing in part two. Like, like, is this AI what it says it is? Or like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm just curious where they're going for part two because like they've obviously left like a very strong lead in uh mm-hmm. to part two, but like, like, is it just gonna kind of keep doing the same stuff and they have to keep trying to outsmart it in various situations and it's gonna keep, you know, trying to brainwash people and like, you know, I mean. Yeah, people will keep getting seduced by it or will it just kind of be like I don't I feel like they I don't know I'm curious know, I, I'm curious to see the second one we know that there's going to be more in the next movie about Ethan's beginnings and right. the relationship to Isai Morales and the woman from the flashbacks mm-hmm. we know that they thought about using CGI to Ethan Tom Cruise and they decided against it because they're true American heroes. Yep. <laughs> we, um, I was trying to think, like, obviously, like, we saw them shooting 
things for this movie. I can't think of anything we saw them shooting that wasn't in this. Like, we saw them uh, handcuffed I, together. I know. Huh. Uh, the airplane stuff. The walking on the airplane wings. Yes, okay. Yeah, yes. They've, okay. They've, they've kind of stopped promoting that, except for the little, like, messages he's been filming to, like, yes. hey, I can't be there today because I'm doing incredible things that are going to save this movie industry. <laughs> uh, but there was, but they, and I think they've kind of smart, because they showed... I mean, I feel like it's been a year plus yeah. since since we saw like sh just like those grainy photos of him standing on top of a biplane that was flying. Um, but Forgot we haven't. That. Yeah, they have not talked about that scene at all, and I think that's the next big. And this the space movie scene. is a different movie. It's not a Mission Impossible movie, right? That's also See, not happening. That's I don't know. Happening. They're okay. still talking about it. I don't know. The, that's it's Doug Lyman though. Isn't yes. that what who knows? Yeah, okay. I, I okay. truly don't know. I feel like I feel like either either the space movie isn't happening or they've entered into such a shroud of secrecy that it's gonna end up being a part of the next Mission Impossible. I mean, okay. that's that I would that's what I want. Me too. Is, especially we're talking Russia here. So we're 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 space race adjacent. Yeah. I would it would be so fucking rad if like Doug Lyman agreed to be part of this ruse to like protect <laughs> the secret finale. <laughs> yeah, of Mission, Mission Impossible. Well, so but then that would mean that in part eight they would go to space and to the deep sea to get you know. See not what a I was uh, what I was imagining. What yeah. I was imagining is that he's gonna have to do like what Felix Baumgartner like to get enough momentum to successfully dive deep enough into the ocean. Without being detected, he has to start <laughs> from space. That Love was it. My I like thinking. it. I'm in. I like it. Fully in. <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I, to be honest, I don't really care what the reasoning is. You put my man <laughs> in space, I'm there. Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just Maybe open up. Um, oh, and that was actually, that was just, something that was really cool. Just, just, here, I got it. I got it real quick. I got it. Cold open. Ethan's eye opens. The camera starts slowly pulling back. He's in Lost. some. He's in some sort of <laughs> like tubular sort of thing. Is he in the submarine? I don't know. We go through a glass window. We see the planet Earth behind him. Exactly. Benji's in a spacesuit, working on <laughs> outside. Working on, yeah, outside on a satellite. He's like, uh -huh. I don't think I've been trained for this or whatever. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. I like it. And that's it. We don't need. And then and then they maybe they just fly home. Maybe that's his apartment. Maybe that's where Ethan. You know, because he yeah. otherwise he can't sleep. There's so many people yeah. who want to kill him. Gotta so I think he's got it. He's got to he have like... a, a secret place to sleep. So it's on in space. Mike, what were you, what were you going to say? Do you remember? I don't remember. Now, go ahead. I just remembered the like way he gets his impossible mission this time. And it's like where he's getting like Grubhub or whatever. And, oh, yeah, that was weird. And it's like, what? Does he live there? <laughs> like is that where Ethan lives 100% the premise of all of these messages typically is like <laughs> they find him where yeah. he's hanging right right so like that's what Ethan's lives he's hanging out in the shadowy shadow, shadowy section of his empty sad room. yeah I loved the sand part it was cool call back to, to that's four. what makes you different from Anakin Skywalker oh <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I like that too. I like I like seeing anytime they can just like give me a new piece of imagery that is not very Mission Impossible-y is like, mm-hmm. and then well, make oh. it Mission Impossible. That's and fun. And he was being so like, sweet to his horse. I love loved that. It. I yeah. love that. Like I, on the the hiding. Yeah. I love I love um, Ilsa with the eye patch. It's just yeah, it's, that was cool. It's great. It's sick. It's great. Um. I remember the thing I was going to say, and I, I think it was when they were in the train car, but it kind of went zero G for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because we were talking about space. That's what made me think of it. But it was like, Excellent Haley, I moment. want Tom. Excellent. Yeah, they like, like were just floating for a second. I thought that was really cool. Yep. But yeah. Anyways. I really Take wish care. I could watch oh. it right now. Also, yeah. one of the best parts of the movie, we talked about the motorcycle jump and then the, the hang gliding or paragliding, mm-hmm. I guess. But when oh. he crashes into the train car, I cracked oh, up. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Baby. Uh, so amazing and i love it when this when this series doesn't show something it's they're so good about having a reason for that yeah they do you know in 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 three when he goes to get the rabbit's foot or whatever and it just like (laughs) it just it hard cuts to him bursting out of the building and like (laughs) barely making it out and that is yeah so great and in this it's like i was i was i was ready for something I was not ready for that specific moment, and I thought yeah. it's so great. Also, anytime some sort of parachute mishap happens in a Mission Impossible movie, it's great. Yeah, I also love, um, I because you know you think about that like, okay, we've seen this jump, so like, what are they get? Well, we've we've we feel we've seen it. We know that they're hiding stuff. So it's like, what were they hiding? One, they were hiding. The really funny part where he's on the phone with Benji and he's like, how am I going to get on the train? And like behind him, like Jaws in the background is like that huge cliff. I yeah. loved that. <laughs> so I great. loved that. Like we knew he was going to be uh, doing a base jump off of a motorcycle. We did not know he would have dialogue while he was fucking falling. Right. Like that was amazing. amazing. And amazing. then obviously like the finale of him like <laughs> crashing <laughs> through the window and just like happening to save the day. And yeah, I thought and what I was expecting was like, okay, we're going to have to, he's going to like, we're going to watch him like aim for the train, yeah. the top of the train. And he's going to like, he's going to, he's going to land, but then he's going to fall off and he's going to have to right. scramble. And it's going to be a whole sequence. You just, you're expecting the thing that everybody else would go for. And instead it's just like a, it's, it's, it's indie with the gun, right? It's indie exactly. shooting, yeah. shooting yeah. the swordsman. It's just like, yeah. sometimes you undercut, the expectation of something bigger was something smaller and it's better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I love, I, yeah, I, I absolutely well, loved it. It's uh it's Buster Keaton with, Buster with the train Keaton. stuff totally, and everything too. Like it's all totally Buster Keaton. Yeah. Was to- Jackie was Chan. Th- it all comes back. Same, around. I had that same thought uh, just the other day. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, all the dialogue while he's parachuting. And then at the end when he like, parachutes away from the train and it just like it's just like a montage of tom cruise yeah well that was what i was wondering do you remember that story that story from probably a year or two ago now where like these people were like hiking in california and like tom cruise just like perished like yes he just like landed down in front of him and i'm like i wonder if that was like related (laughs) to that scene almost definitely and it was i think it was where they were filming the i think it was still in the same i don't think it was california i think it was it was in Europe. Was it, yeah. was it England? Wasn't yeah, it like something. Or wherever. Something like I think it was wherever they shot the rest of that shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I think that's kind of all the stuff I had noted in my head. Yeah. Oh, I mean. There was one other part. As a physical media guy, 
I loved how they were talking about how the CIA was like archiving like hard Dude. copies of all of the records and stuff. Loved, loved it. it. Like loved everything it. being analog. I really yeah. hope there's more of that in the next one. Yes. And it's yeah. just like yes. all 100%. analog. Like that is, I can't believe we didn't bring that up. That is like, that's so the great. best part of the oh, AI cool. premise. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. Just like the desperation. The desperation of having to hand type everything that you know every secret that you have onto hard copies of pieces of paper it's fucking it, awesome it, it reminded me of like hear me out it reminded me of toy story in a way because one thing i really appreciate about the toy story franchise is that they have been so creative about all the stuff like you could do with toys where it's like what if their kid doesn't want them anymore? What if they go to a daycare? What if they go to an antique store? Like every like or like all all of these different like premises of like what's our places that toys are and how do we make that a story? And it feels like you know, it was Brad Bird who really figured out that this franchise is about technology not working, but like they've been so creative in how they exploit the idea of like these guys can do anything. How do we fuck them up? You know, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah. Oh, everything has to be, an- you know, analog or like just like the number of ways that like this movie has to introduce the idea of masks and use them in a fun way. That at this point, like, pretty much doesn't impact the plot, and then the rest of the time they have to not work. Like, <laughs> it's like let's go to make a mask. Fuck, and this one, in this one, they're just like, I don't know, it's just not working. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't even go like, oh, it's the AI messing with us. It's just like, well, the fucking machine doesn't work again. Whereas at least, like, previous movies has been like, well, Henry Cavill beat someone in the head with it or whatever. But, yeah. like, this time it's just like, oh, well, fuck, fucking mass shit's not working again. <laughs> and no explanation and none needed, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's really great. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, and I guess, like, I find that interesting, just the idea, like, w- that we are now facing culturally. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, mm-hmm. politically or anything, is if somebody were to develop like quantum computing or a, a capable super intelligence, it could hack all of our passwords immediately. Not like everything would just spill. The whole everything that's digital, everything that's on the internet would be completely fucked. And everything yeah. about our society sets on that now. And so it's like, that's interesting. And that the CIA was kind of preparing for, you know, that by like by making this knowledge solid again, making it mat, making it material. Uh, I thought that was interesting. However, another conversation that the three of us and and back when we like the the friend group and stuff, like how film is archived and how film history is preserved. And so it's like that was a cool thing from the espionage story angle. But then it also, as I thought about it later, totally played into the that this movie is about putting your team together and making a movie, an impossible mission. And, but it was, it was like, to me, I felt like it almost touched on, uh, sort of like the idea, obviously this movie uses digital technology and CGI and everything, but it was kind of like trying to pull back, you know, to analog, trying to pull away from technology and computers because like, you know, that can all like that can overwhelm like the humanity thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. Yeah. So and it's not like they were like, and we're going to shoot this on film instead of on digital cameras or we're not going to use any digital effects for this final mm-hmm. sequence or whatever. Sure. And, that, you know, not that they should or needed to or whatever. Um, but but yeah, I just thought that all played together really well because it was also like it was very. Yeah, it was intriguing on a plot level, but then also just like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, do you know I think that, those are all the thoughts uh, I had sidebar that we are back to like tape 
storage for data on computers because oh, yeah. we have reached like the apex of what you can fit on that's what she like, said chips. that is what she Hard said drives and stuff. okay that is what yeah. she said so, <laughs> she said so now we're back to using tape where you can store like, like way way more like magnetic tape kind of stuff or like the i don't know if magnetic but like right. that's how okay. that's how data is now being stored on computers interesting because like we like we're like doubling storage space every like right. year so or i've wondered year, about that but we've reached like, where we can't fit anymore interesting speaking, but speaking tape of holds more speaking of analog i heard a really cool or i was watching a thing about um Christopher Nolan's like end to end filmmaking process. And there was something really, really interesting. So he, he, he keeps his process as analog as possible, you know, as mm -hmm. possible as it could possibly be. Um, but one of the things about the, like the, that was about CGI and like, we know, I think we all know why, you know, why he doesn't like to use CGI. He wants things to feel real or whatever. But another reason is that it screws up his process because when he does that, he has to like separate that shot from the rest of the tangible mm -hmm. film process. It has to go into another area away from the rest of the movie, away from his hands. And then they have to do all their, you know, their magic on it and then send it back. And then it's like reinserted into the movie. And so he just likes he just likes to keep everything like photochemical. And I think interesting. I, yeah, I thought that was really fascinating. And, you know, we've 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 had conversations about like I've had conversations with Lee about like, you know, the way some musicians, they want to record everything using, you know, 50 year old, whatever technology they want it all to be analog and, you know, sound like a crappy vinyl or whatever. And, you know, there's also something to be said about being so married to like a specific way of doing a process that you are kind of closing yourself off maybe to like innovation. Um, you know, I remember feeling this way about public enemies when it came out as like the first digital movie and being like, that sucks. They shouldn't be doing that or whatever. And it's like, well, no, they, they should. And I think, and, it, it and I think now so weird at the time, I just rewatched that movie. And at the time it, when I was, saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, this looks, this looks wrong. And now I watch it and I'm like, it looks great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It, it was the red one. It was the first, like, the first mm -hmm. viable digital camera. And it it looks very different from everything else of its time. And now it fits in a little bit more. But I think, I think I would, you know, now the way I would feel about all of this is it's like, I want it all. I want people who are, who aren't so precious about the process making movies and I want, you know, because then you get cool, scrappy digital movies like Nightcrawler. And I want people who are cool with like a mix of all kinds of things, you know, like kind of like a Mission Impossible movie where it's like practical, but we're not afraid to, you know, have a big CG, you know, big CG uh, shots and stuff. And I and I also want, you know, I don't have a problem necessarily with um, an entire movie being shot on a green screen. Like it can be very... It, it can work sometimes. Um, so I just, I guess I feel like it's cool that you've got people who are so like married to analog process. And then you've got people who are in between and then people who are like fully embracing, you know, trying to push technology forward. I think you kind of need it all. Yeah. Um, There's this shot going around and like, maybe it's a hoax, but it's of like, um, of 
Samuel Jackson in one of the like Marvel movies. He's like sitting in a chair in just a living room with a gun in his hand, and literally everything is fake. Like the gun's not real. The like just a house. It's just like a living room with like two props in the background, what, and it's all movie? green screened. I don't. It's he's Nick Fury, so I'm not sure which one. And oh. I'm like I said, it could, yeah, and it I could know be which, fake, but it's just like. The gun has, like, like they couldn't give him a yeah. prop gun. No, I know. I've seen, like, yeah. It's, I think very, it's, it's, it's very strange. It's, I think it's the last, the last Spider-Man, or the second Spider-Man movie, I think, with uh, Tom so, Holland, pretty sure. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I not, just, I'm not I specifically, I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, the sterilization of the process. I'm not talking about... No, no, I know. Turning, I'm not talking about, you know, turning the filmmaking process into an assembly line, which is definitely what Marvel has done. Mm-hmm. And Disney mm-hmm. to an ex- Disney as a whole, really, um, and I do think that is a problem, and I think it might be a problem that's kind of solving itself right now. It seems to be. <laughs> yeah, it seems. It seems. Um, it seems. Well, and you know, effects workers are not unionized. They're like the last film artists. Yeah. That are not unionized, right. and it's sort of like, in some ways, like, well, who can we exploit? Who's left right. to exploit? Well, let's Absolutely. just make the entire movies like with these guys because we could just run them into the ground. And it's like, Although, it could be a good outcome for film if, you know, something yeah. happens there like everybody else is able to do. You know? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, what if, if they, this would be a good time for them to unionize. Um, yeah. But yeah, the thing I was going to say just with regard to the, the shot you were talking about with Samuel Jackson, if that's the case, like the idea was always that like it was cheaper to do these things with CGI, you know, but yeah, when it gets to that point, how is it cheaper? Point, I know. Exactly. Go to Home Goods and get a yeah. basket to put in the background. I can't yeah. imagine. I, I just, I don't understand some of that stuff. Like, I think it's, there's it's gotta something, be quicker. It's, it's almost, it's almost like people don't have to make decisions until the last minute now. And I, I think and that's the, part of it. And okay. the last minute isn't, isn't while you're shooting it anymore. It's the last minute is when it's playing in front of people. Yeah. Which is which and is maybe crazy. that's a process thing too. Like maybe if like if you're making most of the movie that way, then it's weird to suddenly be like, well, let's build a set. I guess I don't like I don't know. It's very yeah. yeah. It just it it's, seems it's really dystopic. Like there, yeah. I agree, feeling. but there but there are there are aspects of that process that don't turn me off. Like there are things about well, they it. do shit like that in Dune occasionally, sure. where they incorporate like pretty. You know, they didn't they use those like screen projector. Oh yeah, yeah. Things, uh, and, like, I think a bit, but I think most of that movie's shot in the fucking yeah. desert. Um, but yeah, I think there's there yeah that that's that is a that is a good um a good example. I can't remember what that fucking thing's called. Um, but like yeah, like getting away from green screen and the uh, the, the Han Solo movie did the same thing where it was like instead of putting people in front of a green screen and saying, hey, there's, oh, Oblivion is a good example. Oblivion, they built that apartment set and Mm -hmm. that whole thing is shot against a a screen that is projecting what we see in the movie. That's pretty cool because you get get the light, um, you get the actor actually engaging with the thing. The Batman too. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like you get this sort of like, you know, you get your, you get to have your cake and eat it. Um, you can put people in impossible areas and it doesn't have to be completely fake. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, yeah. it's a little strange sometimes to like hear those filmmakers. Cause like even the Batman guys were like, yeah, you know, it would have been possible to get these like shots of like the city, like this, like, you know, kind of composite city with this mm -hmm. beautiful like sunset. And I'm just like, really? Cause like Tom Cruise be jumping out of a plane <laughs> shots. You guys couldn't like, you know, I think about like De Palma on Bonfire and the Vanity is the like the airplane shot, like the most expensive like shot at the time. And it's like, I don't know if you can say it's not, it wouldn't have been possible. It would have been a lot harder maybe, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. There, there are a few men who, um, who have the ability to do the hard, the hard, the hardest thing. Yeah, I just you feel like fewer and fewer. Yeah. It, yeah, well, but see, and then, like you look at Wes Anderson's movies, and I believe he's still working with film, but then also like, uh, just the stuff that they build, like the miniatures. And have you heard the story the... of the? Have you heard Jason Schwartzman talk about the street? Uh, I don't think so. So in Asteroid City, they have like it's like you know, um, one of those nuclear towns or whatever, and there's yeah. mm -hmm. a there's a street in the middle of it and they wanted it to seem like it went on forever. They couldn't build a street that actually, you know, went as far as it did. So it gets increasingly smaller. <laughs> so okay. it's like, he's like, he's like every day I would just like walk Disneyland. To... Yes. So he's like, I would walk to the end of the street and it's like, by the time I got to the end of it, the telephone poles are like half my height. Or whatever. <laughs> well, that's awesome. It's like, what? movies don't cost 300 million dollars that's what i mean somehow that's what i mean is it's like, like it's I not think it about can't be cheaper building the grand budapest hotel seems like the most expensive thing you could do but it's not apparently that's that's what i don't understand is it's like but why think, why do I they think... continually opt for the digital when it's clear that it's cheaper and in at least some cases better I, because you've got too many cooks in the kitchen because you have, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I become more and more Mike every day, but like it's, it's, <laughs> it's the movies made by committee. It's the MBAs running Hollywood. It's everybody gets to impose their will. It's arrogance and ego and all of that stuff. Um, and but you you're just, also not like training. You're taking directors who did something creative and then immediately throwing them into an environment where. Like they're not they're not developing whatever that skill was of like right. making yeah. something out of nothing anymore. It's just literally like I don't know. That's yeah. why we need people like you know. That's why I know you guys don't like Avatar, but we need people like James Cameron yeah. who will who will tell a studio executive to go fuck themselves all and the way Tom to the Cruise. bank. And Tom Cruise. Well, it's they're talking about it in TV. Like like there's a problem if you're like you know writers rooms one of the reasons for the strike is that like writer's rooms don't exist anymore. There's like, mm -hmm. you know, right. two people who write the whole show. Mm -hmm. But that's how you used to learn to make a show is that you'd write an episode and then you'd be on set for your episode and you would like learn how an episode gets made and directed. And then you would maybe eventually, if you have a talent for that, go on to make your own show and you would have some of the skills necessary to do that because you had gone through this like process of like yeah. working your way through these levels right. and now it's just like nobody's learning to do that anymore because right. they just you know skype See, in <laughs> for an hour and, that's and this this takes us back to the conversation we had with top gun maverick we're like i'm genuinely afraid that we've had so much generational knowledge loss in film mm -hmm. and then just in every other aspect of the culture and society that it's just like people who are 40 
are like 10 year olds now. Like it's like it's just like um, when we got to rely on Indiana Jones still to punch Nazis. And he's like, right. yeah, like we've got 80 year old actions heroes and stuff. And, and like it's not even I haven't seen that movie. You know, Andrew said that he actually thought it was fine, like that he thought it was pretty good. And and I love Harrison Ford, but it really is. It's just like it, I don't even know if it's like one person isn't passing the torch. It's just like the whole system, every system everywhere seems to be set up where it's just like it's closed off. Like the ladders are pulled up. Everything's mm-hmm. closed. And like we're just going to forget how to do these things and just turn into uh, the uh, idiocracy, you know, like where people like are, you know, watering their crops with Gatorade because it's like got a plant's crater. No, I don't like I, I, I think I think there is there's I think we have a hunger for something more. I think we're seeing and I think hopefully we're, audiences are that's what's starting to get communicated. I think that's I would hope is I, that the I movies that do happening. well have original visions and are not made this way. Yeah, I think the combination of TV being very original now and great, um, the not wanting to go to the theater because it's going to be on fucking Disney Plus in three weeks. Right. I think it's I think it's it's the special thing that will get us back to the movies just well, like it like what, used to be. Yeah. What studio made Mario? Is it Illumination? Yeah, it's Universal, mm. I guess. Illumination. Yeah, that's, a, that's Illumination. So it's is Illumination to their think own about, thing? Yeah. They're like I mean, they're the owned Pixar by within, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that Disney fucked it so hard that like the only two like Universal and Sony made like to like the the hangers on to their like you know I mean they're it's weird to talk about like Universal and Sony like the underdog but like Disney did not succeed so far, <laughs> thus right. far no. this summer the two like big it's hits bad. are like from these you know the their last remaining studios they haven't gobbled up yet like yeah. it's well, kind of it, interesting yeah it's crazy like all of the I think I think Guardians three did pretty well. I think it did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it did as well. But as... it was also like the best removed, reviewed Marvel film in a while. I know. I know. Yeah. And it, so... had, it, had, it had a lot going for it. And it's also the the least um, shot in front of a green screen. Ironically, mm-hmm. it's the least entirely shot in front of a green screen Marvel movie that has come out in a really long time. It's like, like when you WB ate when... shit. Disney ate shit. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's in, in, in trouble. Which is not, is not a, a Paramount. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank that's you. the thing, though. Paramount, Universal, yeah. Sony. <laughs> Paramount remains. They're, Paramount's very cool. They are very, very committed to the theatrical experience, yeah. mm-hmm. which is. I think they're seeing. I don't think it's like a. I, and it's like it's it's to the point where it's just like I, maybe they saw maybe they knew that like, <laughs> hey, instead of trying to for and they have their own streaming service too, but it's just yeah. like, it's not a thing. And it's, but and it's, it's just, the one that has the most shows I want to watch. I will say that. It's weird. I've, yeah, just, I've subscribed to that one. I've actually paid money for Paramount for several <laughs> months. So it just, it just seems like they maybe knew, hey, let's not invest everything into this and let's not, right. <laughs> let's not fuck mm-hmm. over every filmmaker in Hollywood and... Yeah. Let's just see if maybe the, let's gamble on the on the the theatrical experience making a comeback. It's really it's sad too because like you know like I want to love Disney and I want to love Warner Brothers and like this year is both of their 100 year anniversaries and like it would oh. be really fun if it felt like 
the people in charge of those companies gave a shit about something that was more than five years old, like any sort of like, you know, legacy that the company has. And like, uh, that would be a fun thing to celebrate at the movies. And then instead I'm just getting a lot of joy this summer out of watching the flash just crash and burn or watching, you know, flash crash. uh, What the, uh, little mermaid, little mermaid, little mermaid, elemental, Indiana Jones. And it's like, I don't necessarily hate any of these people, but it's just like, I've been so frustrated with the industry for so long. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just like, fuck you guys. Like I tried to tell you. Yeah. I'm obviously, I'm, I'm personally sad to see, you know, my greatest cinematic hero, uh, crash and burn at the box office. But, um, but the the things in that movie that I think are bad deserve the fate that it's been given. So just for the listener, Andrew is referring to the Flash. He's referring to Ezra Miller, <laughs> his a, favorite cinematic. He's era. loved the Flash for big, as long as I've known him. Big big Flash guy, always talking about guy. the Flash. No, he's he's talking about. Indiana I always Jones, say whenever I go listener. somewhere, I'll be back in a Flash. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I'll be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, anyway all right well that's a great place to end it yeah um what about the cruise thank minute you. well we just had a hundred and we just had what god we've been going for a while we just had 120 uh, tom, cruise, tom cruise uh is doing a lot for the uh screen actors guild right now the all the strikes yeah. um and oh, yeah. uh we love him for it um he also like was like trying to talk you know to like warn against the AI thing like uh weeks ago uh like before the strike even happened before it came out that like studios are like trying to uh basically pay pennies for a person's likeness to use for all eternity like Tom Cruise was fighting them on it before we even knew about it so and you know he's a real he's a real life Ethan Hunt in that way uh tom cruise is cool he'll be seeing barmadheimer like the rest of us like all mm-hmm. of the rest of us that's right baby that's right i am seeing and, uh, I, be- and uh, I believe him that he will see those movies and those will be movies he has seen I are you guys them. gonna double feature them or are you gonna just go no i'm not heads? gonna double feature them i will okay. see i wasn't gonna I, see I'm, any of them but my friends oh you're not gonna see to either Bar- i wasn't oh, going absolutely. to but my friends invited me to barbie so so, oh, I'm so i need I'm so stoked. both of you i need to know not would Mike like Barbie? But I need to know if you liked Barbie because yeah. I'm definitely in for Oppenheimer, but I, I just have this suspicion because I feel like the trailers for Barbie have been vague and like, I love Greta Gerwig. So I'm very, and I love Margot Robbie. So I'm, I'm optimistic, but I just, I'm like, there's something they're not telling me. And so well, I need you guys yeah. to see the movie and then tell me, cause it's hard for me to get to the movies. So I need to know, is this one that I have to get to the theater for or that I can rent? So. I thought the trailers for Barbie looked flat out bad especially compared to the reaction they were getting online which yeah. like that felt like an industry plant situation to me because <laughs> yeah. i'm like i don't get it. but then they did this week release a song that ryan gosling does in the movie that was the, that trailer is the we first had. this is the first thing that made me go i kind of like like this sounds funny mm-hmm. like i kind of forgot that it's a musical because they haven't like really shown that in any of the trailers right. other than like dance sequences it's so all I'm been like, very okay teasery as opposed to like yeah like a full trailer yeah i also like i i don't like i I don't like marco robbie i'm sorry Um, that's okay but it's just more for me i i'll I'll let you know (laughs) yeah keep me posted but okay well uh thank you for joining us tonight folks um 
But Mike, please tune in. <laughs> yes, Andrew. What are we going to be talking about next week? Well, please tune in next week. Although we only post episodes every seven months. So now, okay. But... So w- real quick on that. <laughs> next, I, I'm going to. Re- I have not. I have not posted any of the big kit triple yet because I was like, we're recording this next week. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I've got two episodes ready to go. Okay. And some, and I've got some of your boyhood triple like ready to go. I've got episodes that are in the can, ready to rock. But I was like, you know what? Let's record the Mission Impossible one. I'll edit that, and then you know, in the next few days, I think, and then okay. we'll push that one out, and then just immediately start posting the big kit triple, and then we'll get back into the the uh, the regular triple rotations. That sounds good. Anyways, so join us next week for the big kit triple feature, which is a fantastic one. Um. And uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded in. Uh, we were in one of like one of the train cars toward the front, so we okay. didn't fall off a cliff. So we were thank good. God. We actually didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, it was very distracting, but we, we still got through the episode. And we we're gonna go check was, out whatever happened. We, we thought it was part of the charm in in riding in a an, <laughs> antique coal engine. <laughs> they sure are bumpy. Um, <laughs> So a uh, special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com.